hope you don't mind me asking, but shouldn't you be at home? Oh, yes, I should. But I haven't quite worked out how to find one. Well, where are your parents? Oh, they died when I was small. Here we go. All I have left is my aunt. And where's she? Darkest Peru, in the home for retired bears. <laughs> yeah, of course she is. How did you get here? I stowed away in a lifeboat. Cool. And ate marmalade. Did you know bears like marmalade? I didn't even know bears could talk. Oh, well, I'm a very rare bear. There aren't many of us left. And what are you going to do now? Well, I thought I would probably just sleep over there in that bin. That's the spirit. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name is Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia. Hey, and that is the introduction to episode number 61. Wow. Paddington. Paddington. I'm so looking forward to watching this movie. The most British film we have yet to do on the podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, also it's a Such bad... a British cast. Far, far thing from bad thing, but yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, yeah. A, it's a very British cast. British heavy, Like Bridget it? Jones's diary and like uh, Four Ends of Funeral said, hold my beer on this one. Hold my marmalade sandwich. <laughs> so please don't, please don't compare this to Bridget Jones' diary. Well, yeah. so much better. I got news for you. There's, there's, there's a little bit of overlap between, the, between that movie and this movie. <laughs> so um, let's take a look. First off, before... Before we talk about here back home, let's go around the world for a minute. All the places we have charted this week. I love this We have charted in the United States of America. We've charted here at home in Great Britain. We've charted in Canada. Canada. In Australia. G'day. In Denmark. We were number 46 in Switzerland. Cool. Number 35 in Malaysia. Number 11 in South Africa. That's cool. And number one in Sierra Leone. Yay! Hey. We're holding on to that number one spot. We are hanging on. <laughs> Thank you, Sierra Leone. By the, the most tenuous of trips. <laughs> and this is the part where I go ahead and just do a little bit, a little bit, he said, of promos for uh, what's coming up this week. Uh, if you haven't already caught, so catch Ozark. Ozark seemed mm. to uh, seem seemed, seemed to do all right with some people, and really, really we well, got some good got some good feedback. It's it's uh, as far as numbers go, and we uh, we try not to be totally obsessed with numbers, but I do sort of go, hey, numbers are looking good. Uh, n- numbers are looking for Ozark compared to some of the other pilot ones. Not that yeah. we haven't had a bad one, but Ozark was just a good one, yeah, uh, especially a good one. Uh, Falcon and the Weekly Soldier. We are dro- we dropped episode two yesterday. So uh, I haven't yet officially uploaded it as I record this. <laughs> Ethan has edited it. It's, I've heard it. I've heard it. It sounds all right. But uh, we're looking forward to that one. And we all find our sea legs a little bit a little bit better in that one. Um, Do you think that's because I went in the mix? No, I think, <laughs> I think Ethan kind of had a week to think about hosting. I think I had a week to think about. Plus, I had a, I had a, a tired voice. So I think I was more likely to let him talk than I was in previous ones. <laughs> that's fair and, and you weren't here as my like as like my my like bad example or the person I get in trouble with in class. Oh, there we are. It's it. like there's two troublemaking boys and one of them's away. So the other one behaves and gets his work done. <laughs> uh, and then we've also, I mean, if you haven't done so, check out Coming to America. And then on Thursday on the talking the mickey feed we are doing i mean it, it's it's a it's a it's one that's caused some debate internally we are doing the 2019 remake of aladdin Ooh, yeah i don't know what to think about this one yet i liked it i'll tell you what i am looking forward to 
I probably won't have to do as much plot summary <laughs> because we've already reviewed, <laughs> yeah, we've already yeah. reviewed Aladdin. So I'm not going to review the, like, the plot again, but we might no. talk about what's different in each thing. So I'm looking forward. Yeah. And Ellie, this has quite been your week because you've got two choices on the go simultaneously between it this has, week. And, yeah. but I picked an animation for best film ever and a live action for Talking to Mickey. That is very true. Yeah. <laughs> Just when you think you know the answers, we change the questions. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Um, and so one last thing, maybe, well, we got a couple of other things I do want to touch base on George. I mean, you got a couple of weeks still we'll promote for, but you will be appearing on the jock doc podcast in a couple of weeks. So we'll keep sort of building up, you know, building up traffic for that expectation. I I haven't heard it. So I'm looking forward to this. I'll be downloading it on day one. So (laughs) if, 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 if Georgia is your favorite, everybody has a favorite. They do indeed. Yeah. And you know, Hey Dwayne, if, if, if on the days where I'm away and Liam's away and and Ellie's away, Georgia is therefore your favorite. Go ahead and check her (laughs) out on the jock doc podcast. I'm sure she's their favorite because she's the one who went, yes, I would like to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I was intimidated. I'll be honest. I was. Uh, I will be, however, this coming uh, Friday on Chuck Goes to the Movies, where I'm going to talk about forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. I've already talked about it, but you have to hear it. Yeah, Yeah, you do indeed. You know what? Really had fun with that one. Chuck knows his stuff. Oh, good. It was good fun. Yeah, but you know your stuff too. Like, I think I can nerd out about it. He was there like move for move. It was a lot of fun. It was like a little Canadian American with a little bit of British thrown in because it fits me on the day. Uh, Uh, Talking about, talking about forgetting Sir Marshall. So really enjoyed that. Definitely. And it's on Netflix. At least here it is in the UK. So Mm -hmm. if you haven't, go ahead, give that a listen and then check that one out. And one last teaser here is that the only thing greater than the outcry for the release of the Snyder Cut of Justice League (laughs) is people going we want to hear best film ever's opinion on the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League so we're going to do it we are we are going to do it Um, I've given everybody the four hour epic about about a week and said if you want in you want in I know Ethan and I are in for sure Liam I think you said you've already seen it I have yeah so you're more than welcome obviously to join anybody who wants to we will be doing that early next week so we can release it I would guess a week Friday Mm -hmm. it'll drop that would be my guess it's a see it or skip it. We're not going through the whole plot. No. <laughs> I'm not doing that. That would be a very long review. After watching four, I mean, that would be... I mean, Hamilton was three and a half for the, on the talk of the Mickey feed. And then we went for about three hours on that. That was a long day. Jeez. Do you think we normally take the runtime of the film and extend it a little bit? <laughs> if you do that yeah, for I'm that not, one, we'll I'm be here doing, all day. I'm not doing four hours and 20 minutes on Justice League. <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. Apologies. Okay. And just one last thing. Uh, if you're out there, we've already started sending out our stuff for the real roundtable. The next one, which will be on best picture winners so Mm -hmm. any film that's won best picture at the oscars we're going to count down our list and we want to know your list so your top fives already have a few people who've gotten theirs in but you've got some time if there's one you wanted to catch up on if there's things you want you've got lots of time to think about it so get them in make sure you use the hashtag bfe top five so i don't miss it if you don't use it and i miss it that's on you, not on me. Because <laughs> there's, it's getting to part where we have a lot of people chipping in now, which is great. It's really good, yeah. But it's really hard to keep track of it all because we yeah. get hundreds of mentions over the course of a week. So it's about me trying to find them, and a hashtag makes it the easiest way for me to do that. Cool beans. And that'll be on the Twitter. That would be on at Best Film Ever Pod on the Twitter. But you can also get a hold of us on our Facebook page, Best Film Ever Pod, and also on our Instagram, Best Film Ever Pod. Mm-hmm. Consistency in branding. Yeah. <laughs> So right at the top, I think we need to settle one thing, and that is we have lined up the BFE Watch Along. We have. Which, <laughs> I'm a little bit intimidated yeah, about the technology. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got it figured out. 
I think we're going to aim for Thursday. So there'll be no release this Friday. We'll do it Thursday instead for April Fool's Day. Cool. Feels appropriate, especially with some of the movies some of you lot have chosen. And some of the April Fool's Day is, man, like I, it's hard. It's hard to find films that, uh, if you live in the U.S., it might be hard to see what's on the U.K. Netflix. But this goes out to about eight of you out there. There's a mistake. <laughs> think I'm People are giving me films that were best film ever eligible. People are giving me films that we weren't able to see. I'm not naming names. You know who you are because I got in touch with you and said, <laughs> we can't do that one. Nah. Uh-uh. So here are, I'm going to switch off this for a moment. Uh, he said, hoping he can find his mouse. And I will read out the options that were eventually, here is our short list. We've narrowed it down to the following, following films. And the films are, he said, looking for where he's put them. Here they are. Uh, the Adventures of Tintin. Uh huh. Debbie brought that to us. Hook. Yeah. Brought to us by Julene. It's longer than you remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, Zombievers <laughs> by Griff. <laughs> Never seen that. Does I really hope it's that half one. Zombie, I really hope it's that beaver. one. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this one here says Coach Carter. That's by Richard. Oh, yeah. Friend of the podcast, Richard. Yeah. Uh, then we've also got Time Trap, and that was by Jermaine Foster, who brought that to us. Tall Girl, never heard of this. Is that the one with Jeff Goldblum? I have no idea. But it's uh, from my so-called pop culture life. Uh, uh, the Meg, Ooh. brought to us by Russell the Postman. Hey, 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 Russell. hey, Mr. Postman. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got Van Helsing, brought to us by Andrew Ruszewski. Oh. I, kind of ties in with uh, the Dracula musical from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I quite like Van Helsing. I have not seen... The only one of these I've seen is I've seen Hook and I've seen Coach Carter. I've seen Coach Carter. I've seen Hook. Yeah, uh, I've seen Hook and I haven't heard of most of them. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen, only seen Hook. Van Helsing. There's some which I would legitimately like to see because I think they'll be decent films. Yeah, there's some I wouldn't mind going <laughs> and seeing again. I wouldn't mind seeing Coach Carter again. Yeah, and there's some that I'd like to see from an ironic perspective. I was never so happy when I found out The Hateful Eight was no longer on UK Netflix. Because <laughs> it was like three hours long. It's the length like, of it, isn't it? I'm tr- we're trying out some experimental new tech. I don't know how it's going to work. We got people's Wi-Fi signals we got to worry about. I don't know if I was up for a three-hour film. It's so, very Tarantino of late, isn't it? He does a lot of he's, long movies now, doesn't he? He generally does, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the thing. He's got the Tarantino name, so whatever happens is whatever happens. So let's spin the wheel. You guys can't see it, unfortunately, but that is okay. Uh, here we go. Liam is here to to be as my guarantor. Yeah, I have coached him what the correct answer is going. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to spin it. I'm very scared. Yeah, me too. Uh, we do have Hateful Eight still on the wheel because I haven't just taken it off. But if it happens, then we will we will spin it again. We so will, yeah. This is probably the it's an audio format, so a spinning wheel isn't the greatest for sort of entertainment value. But I'm going to spin it anyway. <laughs> here we go. Ooh, listen to that wheel that spin. Sound good. Promoted. And it is Tall Girl, Woo. as brought to us by my so-called pop culture life. So Tall Girl, will it, will it be a tall order? We don't know, but don't. Tall Girl is the film that we will be watching. And now the challenge is, now that I've put this out there on the air, can we actually make it happen? We will find out. It will either be, well, really something. <laughs> it <laughs> either way, be, it, it will be, be something. A, it might be a train wreck at the end of the podcast <laughs> as we all yell at each other going, your Wi-Fi is not working. <laughs> I told you how to do this. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've never heard of this film, never... but I also can't relate to it because I am not a tall girl. You are girl. not a tall girl. No, no, no. It, it does is bring a, a few 2019 bells. teen romantic comedy. Hey, oh, okay. no, it's not what I thought it was. Okay. 
I thought it was an eighties, nineties Jeff Goldblum no, thing. I like, I like a good, you know, teen comedy. We yeah, did. Yeah. We've done Clueless. We've done uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah. So yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah, same. Good. I feel. I feel better. Yeah, me yeah, too. That's all right. Tall girl. <laughs> Uh, it's about a tall girl. Uh, Ethan will like it. It does what it says in the tin. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, that we have that. So let's talk about reflections and corrections. And the first one. There's a mistake. I think I made. That jingle might be more popular than anything else in the podcast. Because people send this back to me about three times every week. <laughs> They're like, oh, they'll, they'll just brilliant. type out. There's a mistake. I think you've made. I'm so thank you to Lex Vanderbrook for letting yeah, us use thank this. You. <laughs> Um, um, I actually put in two minutes silence into the end of, um, whatever it was we did last week. What was that movie called? Oh, coming to America. Coming, coming to America. America. <laughs> I put two minutes silence in. So that was the two minutes silence for the mistake I made. So there we go. <laughs> just at the end. And Griff was the one who told me. He was very cool about it. Uh, so cool. yeah, thanks a lot, Griff. Yeah, thanks. Um, it didn't release on the same day as the, um, minute silence we had for, uh, the start of lockdown in the UK. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> It didn't. I, thought, I thought about all sorts Could of ways to tie that. that in, but went, nah. Um, <laughs> we've got, uh, I think it was Russell the Postie who told me that we talked about how James Earl Jones played Mufasa. Mm-hmm. We did. I did not know this. Madge Sinclair, who played the queen of Zamunda, yeah. plays Sarabi in the animated Lion King. Wow. So both of them went from being the king and queen of Zamunda to the king and queen of Pride Rock. That is cool. That's cool. That is very cool. So, Russell, you officially won a cool point there. You have. That's sticker-worthy. Tell you what, that Russell. Russell wins all the cool points. Russell, that's sticker-worthy. You get a hold of us privately, we'll send you a sticker. Yeah. I'll get a, plus, the post is just to King's Lynn, so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, now he, do you think you have to deliver it to himself? This could, Hey, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. This could be... Find out if, if you're on his post route. Yeah. <laughs> Here are... So, here's two things we've got front of the podcast, and we've got sticker-worthy. Yeah. That can be a new thing. Is that sticker worthy? Sticker worthy. But that was sticker worthy. That was, so, definitely. There we go. Uh, Paul and Griff said it was a great episode. It's good to see Moulin Rouge didn't ruin all the actors, actresses' careers, and they have gone on to better things like Paddington. Love a redemption story. So Griff, <laughs> Griff is ready for something here. Uh, the Film Effect podcast said that our Coming to America episode was another fantastic episode from our good friends. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, thank you. And uh, Debbie got a hold of us and said, the coda last week absolutely made me out laugh out loud. Needed that today. Thanks, guys. For those of you who maybe didn't listen to the coda, uh, it was basically, it was that uh, I had been complaining all episode long, people talking over my drops. Yeah. <laughs> And then it's the bit where I go, I'm dropping, and I actually hit the mistake one, which felt perfect. <laughs> so if you're going, I bet they planned. It was no, listen no, to, no, listen no, to no. the laughter. That's me just giving up going, I deserve that. That's yeah, some yeah. karma. But <laughs> that's what that was. So that gets rid of my snarkiness. Uh, <laughs> so we have done the bit about the watch along. So just some more shout outs. Uh, Juline, Juline for all of her shout outs every week. Yeah, we say this all the time. thank you so much. Uh, Carlo got a hold of me. So Carlo's listening to Juline's podcast. I love that people are listening to other people's stuff. Absolutely. This is great. Uh, he told me three minutes in that there was a reference to us. <laughs> so I, I, I catch Julian's stuff, but I went ahead and went, I got this appointment viewing. Now I got to find this. And uh, she called me the real MVP there of what? Are. I don't know. <laughs> MVP is like man of the match. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, most valuable player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she said for my Hamilton and Doctor Who references. Is that what it stands for? It does. Most valuable player. So, I've never been able to figure it out. <laughs> so it was because I managed to work on a Hamilton or a Doctor Who reference. And I'm like, hold on. I also work in wrestling and Game of Thrones references frequently Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. So let's make sure we get that. As she goes, by the way, BFE is my favorite podcast. You guys are awesome. You're awesome, Julie. Yeah, you are awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> Don't be wrong. We're awesome as well, but you are awesome. So there we go. <laughs> uh, new listener, Jenny McBee. 
Oh. Yes. Uh, out of the blue, got a hold of me. said, listen to Shit's Creek pilot episode. Very good, and I agree about it getting better. So, Ethan, there you go, buddy. A little shout-out mm-hmm. for you there. Yeah. Now on to Groundhog Day, one of our favorites. They were traveling in the car, and so they were, like, hitting a few of these. Yeah. said, thank you. These are great for rides. Entertaining. And then said, <laughs> tried to listen to Jurassic Park, which was plenty. Uh, and said, yeah, but toilet scene is our favorite. We're very happy to be entertained. Thank oh, you very much, yeah, Jenny. Thank you. Keep listening. Absolutely. That's Go great. More you can write back anytime. <laughs> It must be American, because here we couldn't go on a car journey. No, we couldn't. Can you imagine a car journey that would take like three episodes? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're driving to test your eyesight, you're not allowed to go that far. <laughs> no. Um, and then a shout out to the Pharaoh of film, the Maharaja of movie trivia, Danny from It's a Musical podcast, our reigning best film ever trivia contest wow. winner, yeah. uh, said um, he said he'll defend his crown. So I look forward Ooh, to that. Yes. That sounds like a fighting word. Um, but uh, I'm going to look for some more contenders before we go down this road again. <laughs> He'll have a fresh panel to go against. And before all you people with movie podcasts hit me up, I don't know if we're ready for that level yet. This is for non-movie podcasts. Yeah. And I did was, would just like to point out, I was listening to a musical, um, I mean, listened to a musical podcast the other day, but I was listening to um, a new musical soundtrack that I'd completely forgotten about and absolutely loved. And it's called Spies of Forever. So I think uh, uh, it's a musical podcast and Spy Hards should do that together, just, you know, mm-hmm. as a collaborative episode. Are you, are you episode. like a podcasting matchmaker service yeah. office? I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if they'd like someone else to on it, I would I would quite happily moderate, oh, okay. this, moderate it for them. <laughs> so um, Ray from Not Before Coffee, who does great stuff, the Chris Evans Month is over it was a good month ethan really liked it i know that much uh carlo for everything carlo does geez we might hear from carlo just a little bit later uh Ooh. chance whitmore who continues to show us love thank you chance paul and griff i got a story about griff to share on a real roundtable yeah. episode cool there's a there's a musical cue about making a mistake <laughs> if i could make that bigger and louder this might be the biggest <laughs> mistake since i called um robert pattinson hayden christensen Ooh, it's on that level. It's I think big. it's. I think it's bigger. Ooh. I think this is the biggest mistake in the history of our podcast. Ooh. And I'm going to save that as a tease. That is a tease. I'm going to save that as a tease for our real roundtable. Mm. So there we go. Uh, also, I'm my brains now. I got a message from Nick from Nick and Russ. Yeah, he's in Greece again. <laughs> Listen to Ozark. Loved it. Greetings from Greece. Yay. <laughs> I thought Nick was always in Greece. No, Nick. Nick had been home for a bit. No, Nick. Yeah. Nick, Nick Nick's an accountant, I think. Not to, not, not, you, not to out what he, he can be an accountant in Greece. Well, that's why he usually does, but he bounces <laughs> back and forth. But no, he's back in Greece, I think. I'm sure he was uh-huh. in. If I'm wrong, let me know, Nick. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think yeah. you've been home since. Uh, Dan Mackeltz, who might be the funniest man on Twitter. <laughs> he really might be. Uh, he denies he's DJ Echo, but I think he's bluffing. Oh. He denies he's DJ Echo. Left us the review last week. We think it is. Uh, friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Uh, wow okay Ooh. that's going he's that, pe- was, that was unpleasant georgia <laughs> yes he's petitioning for a rocky horror episode Ooh. i'm saying we had on the halloween list didn't we quite did do some, it was on the hat it was my pick do, come on people do some Dwayne, get out there and do some more you know rally some votes yeah, drive some people votes. to the polls I'm sure there'll be an opportunity. Halloween's got to come again this year, doesn't it? So, and we may even dress up for it. Someone could. Hey, that would be great. <laughs> I would, wouldn't it? I have ideas. Um, well, I might. I might not choose that this year. I might choose the Adams Family. There we go. Debbie, <laughs> friend of the podcast, uh, said she's also a fan of banana milkshakes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, and uh, says that when we can, we need to have a BFE convention at the Majestic. Well, we watch. Are, watch this yes, space. Watch this space. Watch indeed. this space. Yeah. First Kings Lynn, then the world. <laughs> All right. Next up, uh, 
Russell the Posty said he's looking, very much looking forward to this. Apparently, Paddington's very popular in the Osborne house. Cool. Alex from Main Street Finance, just for engaging so much. Uh, he said about us to someone else, he said, uh, you wouldn't think a movie podcast would be educational, but listen, the BFE has given me a greater appreciation for writing and cinematography. Yeah, I'd say that. I think so. Yeah. We do all right. Uh, I see films in a different light these days. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I actually noticed the writing in the cinematography. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think there are some things that unless yeah. you're engaged in that conversation, a lot of it just goes over your heads. Yeah. I really do believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ruined so much stuff for me now. And that's what we aim to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, uh, friend of the podcast, Vic from Action B Rated. Uh, Carlo and Julene and I talked a little Grey's Anatomy. Ooh. Love me some Grey's Anatomy. So that was a fun Debbie thing. told me the other day she's still watching that. Debbie's really into a Grey's Anatomy these days. Yeah. Why not? It's After a lovely show. It's a lovely take show. Off episode? Yeah. It's inspirational. Have, Liam, have you watched any more Ozark yet? Not yet, because I'm halfway through season no. two of Baywatch. Yeah, because you're watching Baywatch. <laughs> we are not doing a clear for takeoff on Baywatch. <laughs> I've watch. never seen it, Liam, so... <laughs> well, there we are. There's the episode. We should you do guys, Baywatch. Well, it means one of you's got to edit it, though. That's the problem. <laughs> the pilot episode is Panic at Malibu. <laughs> there we go. Um, the How Not to Summon It Boys, uh, they made... A, like, I just got to throw a mistake. There's a mistake. Think is it Lestat who runs the Twitter for those guys? It is, yes, yes. Okay. So, he put out a lovely tweet. Oh. He said, it's Thursday. That means it's sneaky... <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that again. Goes, <laughs> Sorry, I saw the tweet. It made me laugh. <laughs> goes, it's Thursday. That means it's sneaky peaky day for Saturday's episode with a little bit of a brief preview. Yeah. My response was, who wants to tell them it's Friday? You <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Rebecca Black, didn't you? Yeah, because it's, it's, it's Friday. Um, and so then all of a sudden, Julene responded with, there's a mistake I think they made. And Alex from Main Street Finance suggested they rename the podcast How Not to Read a Calendar. <laughs> and i'll tell you what here is my spotlight for the week the last shout out i want to give the last shout out is to the effing nerds podcast listen to something they did this week it was so good i have to talk about it for 30 seconds go for it they went ahead and did something kind of like a round table but there's two of them so it's not really a round table it's more, uh-huh. like, it's more like a ping pong game and so uh, they said who are the greatest actors working today yep and so they went through just, it was just a really good conversation so i went ethan hawk they talked about uh christian bale yeah. They spoke about Lakeith Stanfield, mm-hmm. who was the cop in Knives Out, if you remember when we did yeah, Knives yep, Out. Yep, yeah. yep. And they did Canada's own Ryan Gosling. And they didn't even mention Sam Rockwell? Didn't mention Sam Rockwell, I don't think. I don't think. I'll tell you what else they didn't mention. They did not mention Boyhood for Ethan Hawke, which I thought was a shame, mm-hmm. but they did not mention the prestige for Christian Bale. Wow. And I called That's them out. I called them out. And you know what, though? I'm going to call them out here again by saying, not a bad way, go listen to the FN Nerds podcast. They do great stuff. Yeah. We absolutely. are fans of theirs. We legitimately. Not some sort of thing that you do because we're all, we're yeah. all podcast friends. They do good stuff. Yeah. So well done, we're boys. podcast friends. No, no, not stealing that. Not stealing that. <laughs> That's a summon it boys thing. All right. Oh, so is it? It is. Uh, sorry, okay. guys. So we had two polls last week. I'll just go through them really quickly. We had two polls. One was Coming to America Trading Places, which is the greater film. Almost a two to one, three to one margin. It's Coming to America is the better film. Oh, okay. So my so-called pop culture life didn't like that. Um, but um, yeah, they said, but disrespect for Trading Places. Come on, guys. They still want Coming to America, which we're going to do at some point. Coming to, to America. America. I have to read it like that or else you're like, which one are you talking about? Yeah, so coming yeah, yeah. to. America. <laughs> uh, and then and the great cut off versus cut up debate. Mm-hmm. 
almost a three to one margin. Cut off is the correct way to say it. Okay. Um, Dwayne Smith though says cut off is like a label can cut off a top. I think cut up is in cut cut me up. I don't think I've ever just said cut up. Well, I'm sorry. I, I'm just doing what I have to do. Well, we, to be fair, um, I think a lot of our listeners are more the other side of the Atlantic. Uh, a lot of our Twitter responders, though, are a lot more on this side of the oh, Atlantic. Oh, wow. yes. okay. okay. So our audience skews American, but our Twitter engagement skews British, unless unless the Americans just want to vote and not have their voice heard, which I'm sorry does not sound like an American behavior from my experience. <laughs> Usually that would be no. the British people going, oh, I will vote, but I will not respond. <laughs> And then finally, just a question. Who do you think chooses the best films? Statistically. Um, when we put the ratings in. Definitely me. Me? No. Debbie? Gonna, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say Ellie. You say Ellie? Yeah. Well, in fact, I got some bad news for you. I think if I can find the numbers, because I did save them somewhere. Where have I put them? Here we are. Ian at 8.46 is by far the one who picks the greatest movies. And this isn't anything. This is just, I just went over and went out of the ones that we personally pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which films do best? It goes me at 8.46, then Ellie at 7.85, then Georgia at 7.48, and then our very own angel with a dirty face, Liam, at 7.16. You choose, Liam, the worst movies. Ever. Hey, if you're picking on the crow hair again. <laughs> I'm not. That's what your body of work An average, Liam. That is an average, <laughs> including your votes. Hey, look, at the end of the day, right, I, I, I'm giving um, our podcast a range of films that you wouldn't normally hear about. So there we are. There we are. <laughs> I liked Angels with Dirty Faces. Yeah, Dirty Rat. <laughs> I love In Bruges, which yeah. is one of your picks. Yeah, I love In yeah. Bruges, yep. So I'm just saying. Okay. Didn't care for the crow that much. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. We're a little bit heavy. Ellie, uh, let's talk about why did you choose Paddington this week? Mm-hmm. Um, because I thought we could we could do with something just nice and lighthearted and family friendly and just just a bit of a change of pace. Um, I have only seen this film once before, but I remember really enjoying it. Um, and I remember needing a box of tissues five minutes in because I was sobbing. Um, so, um, but in, in a good way. <laughs> and just, I know that it's it's come up a few times in conversations before how lots of people haven't watched it. And I was just like, it's, it's time. It is. I think this is you single-handedly trying to reset the winter of our discontent. <laughs> yeah. Trying to balance things out for... For the, the the dead baby in train spotting. Oh. I hope so. <laughs> Nothing can really it's e- make it's up equal. That no, 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 it's not. No, it's not. No, they no, can't no. each other out. <laughs> Cuddly bear in a in a blue raincoat. Or what kind of coat is it? That was that's blue. It's a duffel coat. Blue duffel, a coat. duffel coat. Yeah, equals out. Coat. Equals yeah, yeah. out. Dead baby on ceiling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I haven't seen it, Liam. You haven't seen it. We no. know Ellie's seen it. Georgia, had you seen it before today? I had. Yeah. Okay. Because I know you said that you saw it early this morning, but I wasn't sure if that was your first viewing or not. I thought last week we talked about it. The girl, it's very weird. The girls have seen it, the boys have not. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I've wanted to see it for such a long time. Okay. So now let's go to Context Corner. And I have no notes. I officially (laughs) yield the podcast to Ellie. Yield the podcast to me. Wow. Well, for the the next, like, I don't know how many minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, he will take over. (laughs) (laughs) So. Um, 2014 release for Paddington. It's obviously based on the original books by Michael Bond. Um, so that 
traditional story that all Brits are sort of familiar with, even if not necessarily with the actual material itself. I think everyone's got kind of a conscious knowledge of Paddington as this mm-hmm. bear in a red hat I and would, a blue coat. I would yeah. argue that Canadians of my generation know Paddington. Oh, cool! I think he was on like on like the CBC or something like that. You could watch Paddington, that that, that like stop motion thing. Oh, okay. Cool. I loved Paddington. Yeah, as me a kid. too. Yeah, it, I mean, it got translated into lots of different languages and sent all over the well, world. Well, yeah, it's kind of like that Mister Bean thing, isn't it? Because there's no actual dialogue; it's all just voiceover. Yeah. Mm. So you could actually, yeah, you could totally just read this in all the languages. Yeah. 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 Um, so the film itself was written and directed by Paul King who, most notably besides the Paddington films, directed comedy TV shows such as The Mighty Boosh and Come Fly With Me. Wow. So wow. quite a different kind it of thing. Yeah. I'm going to pick on one of those TV shows in this episode. Ooh. And I did not know he wrote for it. Well, there we are then. Is it, it the because of Matt Lucas? It is because of Matt Lucas. Yeah. I hate The Mighty Boosh, though. Yeah, I do. I, I, I don't get it. It's absurdist British humor. I'm too Canadian to get it, I've been told. And that's well, fine. Well, no, I just don't get it either. Oh, yeah. No. Oh. I've not seen it. Thomas Bridge, the, they come, the, but I just, just like I've only seen a couple of episodes. The day the funk died one. or whatever it was. Yeah. I'm Evil Greg. I hated it. No, I did too. Me too. I do like Noel Fielding on The Great British Bake Off. No, I love Noel Fielding in like all things, but least of them, The Mighty Boosh. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Same. That's one of those things you either get or you don't. Yes. So the, the story, as I said, was, was written by Paul King, but also by Hamish McColl, who hasn't done a Lots hasn't done that much other stuff, but does have a little cameo in this film, which I'll mention okay. at the time. Uh, and it was produced by David Heyman, who produced all eight of the Harry Potter films. Mm. Um, so there's there's quite that a might, lot that, of that Harry might explain, Potter cast in that this might film. Explain the, the, yeah. the Harry Potter alumni in this <laughs> film. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but David Heyman also did uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Gravity, and Marriage Story. So quite oh, okay. diverse, and yeah. not definitely not just a um, kids film I want a film. mashup of this and Once Upon a Time and that third act of Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood <laughs> yeah. and just have like Paddington <laughs> going crazy <laughs> and um, another little Harry Potter um, cast reference in here and the script for this was polished off by Emma Thompson um, in, oh, as an uncredited never work. heard of her <laughs> what was that terrible film she got a thank you credit wrote? at the end sorry what was that terrible film she wrote that I saw recently Do we review? oh it was is it is it no what is it oh no that she w- did something where she played like an eastern European mother what yeah. was that oh is that the film you <laughs> like so much <laughs> what was that called look up at all that garbage I love this movie A Christmas no Last Christmas La- Last Christmas that's t- uh, Emma, Emma Thompson re- although she did hey it's one of my favourites she right? did I don't know if she wrote the screenplay for Sense and Sensibility, but it's a Jane Austen work. How much can yeah. you really do? I don't, okay, anyway. Anyway, a rewrite you know by Emma, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson is a goddess. So just a, just a polish. A polish. A okay. polish. So she's, okay. not credit, she's not credited as a, as a writer on the film. She just got a little thank you in the, in the credits. But sure. obviously Emma Thompson is sort of a, a big staple of English film. So She used to be married to Kenneth Branagh. She is our Meryl Streep. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. And it's too dignified um, to win all those gaudy awards. <laughs> don't, don't want those. <laughs> no. that's, that's very American. <laughs> so Paddington won the 2015 BAFTA Children's Award for Best Feature Film in 2015, which meant that it beat Inside Out and Big Hero 6. If I, if, not, not, I'll take away, the BAFTAs do tend to skew towards their own. Well, yeah. British films <laughs> tend to win over non-British films. British actors tend to win over non-British actors. Yeah, okay. Yes. 
<laughs> but still, still, I mean, you're beating out world, not world class, because I would say this isn't world class, but you were beating out the market leader in children's movies. So yeah. that, there is something in that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, I think, widen the scope a little bit then. It also won the Empire Film Award for Best Comedy, so not just in the children's category. Um, in the same year um, that as Grand Budapest Hotel, which Liam, I'm sure, will be very happy about. Mm. Okay. <laughs> one of these is clearly made for like a bigger audience, <laughs> and one of which just has "Get your hands off my lobby boy." <laughs> I know which one I'd rather watch. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting question because I know which one I'd rather watch. I know, but yes. I know which one I'd rather watch. I think everyone knows which one Liam yes. would rather watch. You've not been quiet about your opinions yeah. on Brad Fittipest. Even if it's your first time listening to a podcast, you probably inferred which one Liam would rather watch. <laughs> it's not my favourite. I shan't be watching that ever again. Uh, so the film was announced in 2007, so quite a while wow. before its release. Yeah. Um, and I think we mentioned this last week. Um, Colin Firth was originally announced as Paddington. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would have been um, a mistake. To be the voice. Yeah. So... Um, the studio decided that his voice wasn't suitable. Um, so he had started doing some recordings and spent some time on set with the cast. But mm-hmm. um, Firth voluntarily dropped out in the end. And Paul King, the director, said, it slowly became clear that Paddington does not have the voice of a very handsome old man who has the most beautiful voice in the planet. Uh, like, if someone put out Hugh Bonneville, Hugh Bonneville, it's Colin Firth. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Like, if anything, that's who Mr. Brown should have been. Yeah, yeah. He but, was considered for Mr. Brown yeah, as well. Oh, there we are. <laughs> not that Bonneville was bad by any means, no, no, but I'm no, just no, like, no. It's, it's the same guy, just Firth does it like 20% better. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. by the time by the time he dropped out of the film, they would have already started um, Shooting filming natural, with yeah. with Hugh Bonneville. So yeah, um, and when Colin Firth was recording, he wore a helmet with a GoPro attached to it. So the animators <laughs> used his facial expressions for reference, and this meant that when Ben Whishaw, who was eventually cast as Paddington, um, started his recording, he had to re-record the voice and also the facial expressions, and then all of the Paddington parts where he was speaking had to be reanimated. Wow. wow. And I think it was five months before the premiere that Ben Wishaw. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah. Well done. It's fairly yeah. late on. Obviously, they would have done a lot of the work beforehand because sure. he doesn't need to be like in the filming per se, but yeah, to reanimate and, all and, of that. Is and, and you only have to do the bits where he's talking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But still. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So the film Paddington uses a combination of CGI and animatronics. Um, but from what I could find, Paddington himself, the character, is entirely CGI based. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the other bears in Peru and in the opening black and white bit. Oh, okay. That looked a bit more animatronic-y. Yeah, me. that makes sense. Going for the oldie worldy look. Really yeah. Yep. Um. There was an argument over the PG rating of this film. Um, when they first announced the rating, they they said, um, well, they, they changed it, sorry, when, when they appealed it. So it did have mild sex references, which was changed to innuendo because there aren't any sex references. And um, <laughs> also qualified um, mild bad language to be infrequent mild bad language because someone mutters bloody at some point oh, okay. my favorite thing about this though is did you see what it says if you click on amazon prime when it first comes up no. it what says a, what? rated seven plus for violence sexual content and drug use <laughs> unless we're talking about his dependency that he's got i assume it's oh, it's gotta be the poison darts oh i was thinking the drinking, oh, yeah. i was thinking the drinking scene Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, but they do also refer to his 
marmalade habit. Yeah, they yeah. do. Which yeah. definitely yeah. makes it sound like. A I don't think addiction. that's what got the rating. But yeah. No, <laughs> no but yeah. Not. So I saw that and that I screenshotted it because it made me laugh that much. Oh, that's good. <laughs> And so we will have hopefully noticed that there is a band that features in the film. So they pop up at various they do. points around. Um, and that band is D-Lime featuring Tobago Crusoe. And the band was put together for the film by... Uh, oh, I've, I've auto-corrected his name on my phone. Um, he's the front man of Blur, Liam oh, Damon, 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 Damon Orban. Yeah. Orban, that's it. Yeah. It's changed it on my phone to Al- Albarino. <laughs> <laughs> that's not his name. <laughs> um so uh, one of the songs is called London is the Place for Me, and that's by Lord Kitchener, um, who was also known as, or originally known as Aldwyn Roberts. And he is a Trinidadian musician who came to the UK in 1948 aboard the Empire Windrush with hundreds, hundreds of oh. other Caribbean immigrants. And it's, the music is supposed to represent the idea that Paddington is an outsider trying to find a home in London. And if you've got any ear to the ground of like UK news, I mean, the Windrush generation. <laughs> yep. Uh, there was a move afoot to try and send them back. Decades later, yeah, yeah, wow. Decades later to like move the, and send them back. So they've just recently had apologies during Theresa May's you time as prime minister. No, yeah, they had to kind of admit that they were they tried to do this and apologize <laughs> yep. publicly to to a whole swathe of 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 immigrants from the Windrush sort of time frame. I'm sorry, but if you've allowed them in and you've kept them here for, for all these that, years, like, like we're talking sorry, like but dec- yeah, we're talking decades. Yeah, that it's, just it's breaches ins- us now. It's insane. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, don't get it. Yeah. So before we head on over to Darkest Peru, um, my last little fact for you is that we're actually heading over to Costa Rica, which is where the Darkest Peru scenes hey! were filmed. Okay, oh, cool. Um, and also, I feel like I should mention that some of us have some uh, movie, some podcast snacks. We yes, uh, maybe we'll bring that up when we actually get to that part. Yeah, okay. Let yeah. me, let yeah, me, yeah, let yeah, me, yeah, let yeah, me You mean the that. film? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me introduce it when we get to the film. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> okay. All right, so we begin and we have the Studio Canal opening, which is generally how I know something was made in this country. Mm-hmm. Studio, half the time it's a Studio Canal. It, it always, yeah. And we get a documentary about Deepest Darkest Peru. And we find out something that's no longer a mystery. It's the Geographer's Guild of Great Britain. And it's about this adventurer who goes, not adventurer, explorer, who goes and he carries only the barest essentials, including <laughs> modest timepieces. I like that. And some poor guy in the back is like, uh, like grandfather, got a grandfather clock. clock on his back. <laughs> and like, just like, and like, it's not like there's like, 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 like 20 cases behind it's him. It's brilliant. And, all and these, then the travel piano. Yeah. And, and all these servants like disappear the minute he gets set up. That's funny. It was really weird. But, and this set a tone for what I think this film did, which was a lot of sight gags. Yes, yes. A lot of sight gags and a lot of that Which I appreciate and a lot of that dry British humor and, there's not, yeah, and, yeah. and I really enjoy that me too. and it, it gave me something more than maybe the traditional because let's be honest it's 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 obviously a child's it's, it's a film aimed at children yeah but there's enough sight gags and bits for the adults to go I see what you did there there's enough slapstick in there for the kids to see and uh, yep. be visual yeah um, and so he discovers an undisco- previously undiscovered species of bear, and the bear saves his life because it like knocks off like a scorpion. He takes the scorpion off. Yeah. yeah, I like how he just takes the gun out of his hand. Yeah, <laughs> or, or the shotgun. And they introduce each other to each other's life, and we find out that they love marmalade. Not yet. 
<laughs> and um, he teaches one of the bears to say London, at which point he goes, great, now try Stratford upon a <laughs> That was brilliant. Oh, that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> and as he leaves and this documentary ends, the voiceover says, I have learned so much from these bears, but I wonder what, if anything, they have learned from me. And he gives his hat to the male bear. He throws it because there's like a couple. Yeah, he yeah, throws yeah. it, and then they sort of wave <laughs> as as they're left. But they're told if you ever want to come to London, you'll receive a most warm welcome. I'm assuming this time was around the war time, um, because he mentions the Kinder transport of being like you know put a label around you. Strangers oh, will take you. That was it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that was like during the war effort, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, and so we cut to modern days, and it's Marmalade Day. Marmalade Day, and Paddington, who we now? don't. Nope. Paddington, who we don't know yet as Paddington, is a klutz. He is. And the oranges are ripe, and it's marmalade day. And we find out that one sandwich has all the nutrients a bear needs for the day. So, I have by my side two pieces of bread with some marmalade, so it's got all the nutrients that this bear needs for his day. (laughs) Uh, Liam has likewise the same. Ellie, I'm guessing you have the same? Well, I actually have one piece of bread cut in half because I had my dinner just before this. So, this so you is have enough dessert. for half a day? And yeah. George, um, I'd also like to point out, Liam has definitely got toast. Yeah, I, said, <laughs> I have toast as well. I can put them together and make a sandwich. Or it's I can a, fold it in half and then I have a sandwich like you do. But I like a toasted sandwich. Yeah, it, it's a doorstep. It's me, it's me bringing... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very thick bread. <laughs> I it's, love it. It's me bringing my sort of North American spin on, 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 on a marmalade. I have never bought... I bought some... I think it's good quality marmalade. Oh, yeah, that's the finest. I got, I got finest the, not. I got, I, got, I got the good stuff. This wasn't the 43p stuff. This was the two pound stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. what mine is. <laughs> something of Oxford's or something like that. Something so, like that, isn't it? Yeah. It had fancy writing. It, would, <laughs> it, would it have, must be good. It would have fit in with this movie. <laughs> and Georgia, are you the only one who's being different? I don't like marmalade. I'm not sure I do either, but I was, I was committed to the bit. Yeah, me so. too. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't have any. I also ate two massive plates of Chinese food about two hours ago, so okay. I'm still very full. I don't see um, myself being able to eat this actually while it's on, but it sure is a visual prop because I talk too much in these things. Well, I would just I'm like to confirm this. This is definitely better on toast than it is on bread. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah. So You made the right call. I think so. Um, not so bad. I, fine. Do I have to mute you guys? Because we're not that kind of a podcast. <laughs> <where> you, <laughs> there are podcasts where you can listen to people eat. And I'm oh, like, oh, oh yeah, there are. There are. Uh, and so uh, we get the idea here that um, uh, we find out that Lu- Aunt Lucy's recipe for marmalade is better than the Explorer's. Uh, Dumbledore doesn't like having marmalade <laughs> put doesn't. in his hat. And Dumbledore, oh, you spoiled one of my facts. Oh, I'm sorry. Dumbledore is okay. So who plays um, who plays the <laughs> the Aunt, Aunt Lucy's husband, Uncle Patuzo? Who plays this? <laughs> Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon. So the second Dumbledore. The second yeah, the Dumbledore. Second Dumbledore harder. <laughs> Dumbledore with a vengeance. The one who doesn't know. The one who doesn't know how to whisper. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? He's supposed to say. From what I understand from he Harry said Potter, calmly. People, he said calmly is supposed to be it. But calmly, in the movie, no. Gambon's like. I'm Michael Gambon. I would not say this calmly. <laughs> but do we know which other Harry Potter? actress plays um aunt lucy yeah this is imelda Staunton, isn't it yeah yeah i didn't Professor i saw her Umbridge. name on the credits list but i didn't i yeah. didn't get verification but i'm she's in everything british she is yeah. she is and um they were both of them the aunt and uncle were only cast six weeks before the premiere oh, that's, cool. oh. that's good yeah 
Um, mm, that's scary. There's an earthquake, and I think the earthquake's a bulldozer, right? Because there's oh a Oh, God, light. I hadn't even considered that. There's, that's really sad. There's a light, and then all the yeah, trees yeah, are knocked yeah, yeah, yeah. over, and it's been yeah. leveled. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. I think it's a bulldozer. Oh, but they avoid they, they they avoid going full Mufasa because we never find his body. No, yeah. So thank God. It's almost like it was a magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> the great before disappearing the, bear. Before the earthquake, he says, "A wise bear always keeps a marmalade sandwich in his hat." Yes, he does. Thank you for emergencies. For emergencies. And then we go, Paddington's going to go on a boat. Uh, Aunt Lucy makes him think they're going to go on a journey together until they're right at the boat. How harsh is that? Aunt Lucy sucks. I'm still eating this sandwich. <laughs> she waits. <laughs> so she sends him to London. And this seems like an odd location for me to send him to. Um, Why is that? It seems like an odd location. Maybe a odd location to have this talk about where you're going. Um, oh, right outside the boat, you mean? Yeah. To actually say, this is where you're off to. Yeah, yeah I think you could have told them this on the walk. Like, literally, it's like, now that we're like in danger of being caught, let's have the conversation now. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, Aunt Lucy has clearly read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe because she talks about standing around with, with tags on you and people taking <laughs> you and, and whatever. I'm like, okay, I appreciate one British... And it's true history, but also it's the idea about one British piece of literature. going to say, or maybe she just knows about <laughs> the evacuation I, th- I actually will argue, I think it's much more logical that the guy would have left a copy of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe than they're up to date with British history. Isn't he telling them about the evacuation when he shows them the videos? I thought was the... I'm sorry, you guys are all coming out of static right now. I don't know. Including Liam, who's in front of you. This will be on so, next week's. There's a mistake. Said, I think in May. And they said, clearly, they won't have forgotten about how to treat a stranger. So, obviously, she's not heard about the refugee crisis or Brexit or Windrush or any of this stuff. <laughs> well, no. And the deepest this was pre-Brexit. Stuff, it's, it's, it's older things than that. Yeah. <laughs> C.S. Lewis didn't talk about that. No. <laughs> no. So, uh, he's packing marmalade, and he, like, eats the whole jar. And I'm like, we were told... One sandwich <laughs> for one day. Yeah, but he hasn't got the bread, so he needs extra nutrients from the marmalade. And then, I don't know if you noticed, when he opens his suitcase, there's like eight jars yes, of notice. marmalade in here. And then there's a stack of like 46 jars of marmalade. Mm-hmm. His suitcase must be the TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same. Because he's got this never-ending supply of marmalade. Oh, well, there's another reference that comes up later in the film. Well, there's another reference that comes up here. So, Julene, there's, there's, there's one Doctor Who reference. Yep. There we go. Can I get all of them? Here's the question. Can I get all four of my usuals in one go? Let's I reckon see. you can. I probably can. So, uh, and then there's a fart joke because his tummy rumbles. <laughs> and then he goes, and he kind of goes, sits down and goes, and then you He lifts a butt cheek. Does he lift a butt cheek? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's funny. And that. then the foghorn goes That's off. Uh, he manages to get thrown around through the, the mail system in a sack and no one hears him go, whoa. And at this point, are they just copying the Emperor's New Groove story for how they got Cusco out of, uh, out of the city? I was a bit confused about how he got into the mailbag. He crawls he just into, climbed into, into the pile. He crawls into somehow he crawls into it or gets caught up in it when they're taking the mail off the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we go to London, we go to Paddington Station, and he goes up and he's like, hello, excuse me, I was wondering if you might, oh, hello, and I understand that no one would take it. Where was that when we were doing Spamalot? That's so much (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't seen this yet. I needed to see this as my introductory point. You should have just made you watch Paddington, yeah. And so, but no one, I get that no one takes him home, but not one person goes, whoa, talking bear. No. (laughs) 
I um, love that about this film, though, because no one cares that it's a talking bear. Uh, like, they don't even flinch that it's a bear. Like, it's just a talking bear. Of course it is. And it, I, makes, it makes me smile. And I gotta be honest, I love films that are shot in England in the modern day because I love seeing a train that looks like a train that I go on. Yeah, it's just because you see so much of what we see is American, obviously. Yes, yes, yes. and so we see American American buses and American trains and American mm-hmm. taxi cabs and all this stuff. And it was cool to see a train. And I'm like, I go to London on trains that look like this. Absolutely. So um, then he goes and sits down and he starts feeding the pigeons. And behind him, it says "Lost, Lost." <laughs> and I don't mean Lost, starring Matthew Fox on no. ABC. I mean he, he is Lost. It's a nice little visual. It is a nice little visual. Yeah. And then we meet the Browns, and really, I've got Hugh Bonneville and company because. He's the one who you might have heard of before. And Hugh Bonneville was actually born in Paddington. Was he really? Yes. Hugh Hugh Bonneville, who of course is famous for being in Downton Abbey. Mm -hmm. That's his real big thing. And Notting Hill. And I was going to say, he was in Notting Hill as well. But if you're going to tell me he's famous for Notting Hill, I might I might raise a sparky eyebrow at that. Uh, he's a secondary character, but he's very good in it. Yeah, that wasn't the question. I'm the sure question he's was, been in he lots of other stuff. It? Everyone went, oh, you know that Hugh Bonneville film, Notting Hill? Oh, I love that. I've gone what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the first thing I think of him in. You would have, no, that's, that's not what I'm saying, though. If I went that Hugh Bonneville film, Notting Hill, you'd go, you mean Hugh Grant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hugh Bonneville's not in that. And then you watch it and go, oh, Hugh Bonneville is in that. Right. The fact that I didn't remember proves my... I really like marmalade uh, toast. Do you like marmalade toast? I do. Um, He tells us... It's good. He tells us that 7% of accidents begin with jumping. He says, stranger danger and stay away from the bear. He's probably selling something. (laughs) And Mrs. Brown then goes... um, Mary goes to talk to Paddington and the camera shifts to the other side and it says found oh such a which nice was a film. nice visual yeah. it just ping just pings on because yeah, it's the it lost and found shop that he yeah. sat in front of yeah. yeah ellie what were you gonna say i was just gonna say that after he says he's probably selling something paddington says good evening and he just goes no thank you which <laughs> <laughs> is totally the british thing to do so the determination is after a bit but they're gonna try and help him get on his feet, find someone. This is after he, he, you know, as it says in the clip at the start, after he's like, well, probably sleep in that bin. He's like, all right then. Yeah. <laughs> Far be it from us to interfere with your plan. I saw a little mistake here as well because the pigeon takes his sandwich out of his hat. I guess he must pack a new one once he's set up again. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so... I, sorry, go ahead. Something I really like about this scene as well um in the in the opening when they're listening to that record of learning about london or learning about england saying how many different ways there are in britain to talk about the weather and how you always have to start a conversation with with hello or good afternoon or whatever and then talk about the weather there's like 107 different ways to say it or something and when he meets mrs brown he says coming down in stair rods isn't it Uh, so then Mr. Bonneville, Mr. Bonneville, then Mr. Brown <laughs> and, 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 and Q from the James Bond franchise go and have some food. And, uh, of course, Q is, is, is yep. Paddington. Paddington. Uh, oh, of course it is. It is. There we go. And then... Uh, I the, like Q. The, uh, welcome to 10 minutes ago on the podcast. We talked about the casting. <laughs> I, you, I, you're telling I, me you had facial blindness on this one. do names and faces. <laughs> you you know excuse, it was actually excuse, last week we talked about You that. are excused <laughs> if you didn't recognize his face on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, that beard, no resemblance. Uh, <laughs> and, so, and so they go get some food, and they're just outside the train tracks. You can see it in the background and he goes what's your name and he goes <laughs> and then mr brown tries to do it back and passes that is extremely rude sir <laughs> that's funny. That's a great little joke. it is 
I laughed out loud, out loud so many times in this film, especially in the opening. I love it so much. Mrs. Brown gives him the English name of Paddington because they're at Paddington Station. Again, a nice little visual. A nice little visual. Yeah. They got lucky with what station because can you imagine if he'd gone to Cockfoster Station? <laughs> 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 Elephant and Castle, that'd be good. Elephant uh, and Castle, yeah. Arsenal. Arsenal. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, there's a London... King's Cross. King's Cross. There's there's a London's... Mon- a London's? A London montage. And there's a band, and you think it's non-diegetic sound until you see it's the band that Ellie was speaking about playing. And they had a nice little returning gimmick throughout the film. I liked them. It was and nice. they suckered me every time. Yeah, I yeah. kept forgetting it was gonna be the band was going to show back up. Every time I'm like, oh, it's the band again. Do you know what's really nice there? Every time you saw the band... The, the weather was not so good. Yep. But they were always lit up and happy and mm. bright. I love yeah. that. Then we have Matt Lucas uh, shows up as a taxi cab who thought, in the, in the montage, is like explained that he's been showing them the long way home and like <laughs> ride, which was good. And you know what? It was nice to see him not using blackface, which must have been a win for him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's it. let's go. Like Matt Lucas is a yeah, dick. yeah, yeah. He's, he he's on Great British Bake Off. He seems to have avoided the scandal, but he did. I mean, he did, did blackface take... and come fly with me. For, and and did and he do it also Little in Little Britain? Britain? Yeah, he did. He's yeah. done a lot of blackface and somehow seems to have avoided um, a bigger backlash. I would have thought because he's not very prominent in things today at the moment. I don't think. Yeah, I think they did put out a public apology as well afterwards. They did, they? yeah, and they, they, they also did, dropped yeah. Little I mean, Britain. Off. I mean, he didn't do it once. I mean, he did it like. Over and over, he had whole characters that were. Oh recurring. yeah, yeah, yeah. I he know, did, but they yeah. did. They apologized for. And he all wasn't of alone. Those, it was David yeah. Williams and Matt Lucas. Yeah. David yeah. Williams, yeah. Ellie. And um, there's another little cameo in this section as well. When they're, I think it's when they're in the taxi. Um, there's a man in a cafe that raises his glass to Paddington. Okay, and that's that Michael Bond. Michael Bond. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. it was because I was oh, watching. Oh, that's it. lovely. Who's, who's Michael Bond? The guy the who wrote author it. of Paddington. Oh, really? Okay, excellent. Yeah. 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 The actual Paddington books. Because I just thought to myself when I saw that scene, I thought that's a bit of a bit of a thing to let an extra have a, an extra moment. It in. has to be something. It has to, to be that. somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was racking my brains. I thought, I bet I know. I bet I think it's him. Yeah. And they want to find... Uh, oh, I missed it. And so a guy's looking out the window as they approach the thing. And Liam, you're like, this is it. He's the explorer. That's who that's going to be. <laughs> no, wrong. You, you might have you might wanted to check who that was. That, that's Peter Capaldi. You might want to check who that was. Doctor Who. Doctor Who that was. That Peter Capaldi was. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so in the home, there's this lovely spiral staircase. Oh, on the tree. On the tree that Cherry was a mural. Gorgeous. Oh, I, I want to live it. in this house. Me too. To be fair, his block looks like it's Mary Poppins London. Doesn't it? Yeah. It looks like it's not like one little sideways. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Ten houses. Rather than it's Cherry Tree should... Lane, though, it's uh, Thingy Lane. Yes. Can't remember what it's called now. Don't know. Um, Funny you should mention Mary Poppins London because uh, two of the characters in the Brown House are also in Mary Poppins Returns. Is it the kids? Yeah, they are. No, it's uh, it's Ben Whishaw. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. And um, Julie Walters. Oh, right, Julie Walters. Of course. Um, And so... Um, Paddington thinks that the the Browns are his new family, and they try to explain what guardianship means. You can't just just go home with someone until the end of the film happens, and then you can absolutely do that. <laughs> um, then it's like, well, we're going to take you to a government facility, like an orphanage, and there's like this scary cutaway, like this orphanage, which reminds he, me of like Arkham Asylum. And then he goes, no, 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 I mean like a uh, a government mandated center for people who have lost their parents and need to be. And then the exact same wording is what's on the orphanage sign in the next cutaway. It's brilliant with the Very same funny. with so the funny. same scary stinger. It was great. <laughs> and they then go off to find the explorer, who I've got my notes, who definitely isn't living next door because no. I thought Liam must have noticed something because I was taking. Taking notes and then went 
No, he really isn't living next door. <laughs> no, but that's only like a, a, a little site. And I just thought that might have been. It could go back to my theory, which is if someone's in a bigger, a smaller role than they seem that they should have, mm-hmm. it means that they're probably the villain, unless you're watching a film with British cameos in it. Oh, in which, yeah. case, <laughs> in which case, none of them matter. No, 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 no. Um, and so then we meet uh, Mrs. Bird, played by Julie Walters. Yep. and they don't really explain how she's related to the family. She's just a relative. She's in Harry Potter, though. So. Yeah. She is. Who is she in Harry Potter? Because I know her Mrs. from... Mrs. Weasley. Weasley. Yeah, Who's Molly Weasley. Because yeah. she plays a uh, uh, fairy godmother in, in Shrek 2. Does she? Yeah, that's yeah, her. Oh, I didn't know She's that. She's so good. Yeah. Um, Love Julie Walters. And so then we go to the bathroom because he's been told to use the facilities and Paddington thinks toothbrushes are for ears, which I legitimately... <laughs> the sound, I legitimately went, oh, that's gross. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Um, I was eating pancakes at the time and I was so oh. glad I was just about finished when that scene came. There's, there's a cutaway to Mr. Brown, who's on the phone with his insurance company, who gets told, <laughs> your call is moderately important to us. <laughs> Which I think everybody's been on a phone call in this. Hours, I, yeah. I think everywhere they go, your call is very important to us. But still, yeah. it, it just felt... Three hours true. later. Yeah. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff where he tries to eat his earwax and then he gets Ugh. mouthwash and he puts his head in the toilet and then he pulls down the... He sucks his head in the toilet and then the, the toilet bank System, sort of yeah. falls down and the shower head falls down. He floods the most waterproof bathroom yeah. ever. <laughs> I once, PLDR. I'm having a spot of trouble with the yeah. facilities. Uh, I once let like my, my shower run a little bit too much and what happened was I was trying to de-wrinkle a, a, a shirt before I went to work. Yeah. And, I lit, and my bathroom was on the upper floor. And so I had it steaming. And the problem was as it steamed, it eventually like recondensed back yeah, into yeah. liquid. And so it, it sort of got a little pool of water and it started coming through. It was downstairs in the kitchen and it started coming down through <laughs> wow. like the light fixture. I was like, I've broken this house. Oh, no. Next time use an iron. Yeah. I, I then thought maybe an iron or a steamer might be the way to go about for that. Yeah. But like that was that. I was like a little bit of extra steam in the room. Yeah. Like this is like. It's like literally, like, it's like that scene in Kingsman where the water is like all the way to the top and he just like punches way through the glass. It's, yeah. Wherever that house is located, that's, that's some good, that's well built. Um, and so then we've got um, Mrs. Bird goes, oh, there's a storm coming. He goes, it's just to set up for the joke. You and your knee, it's not going to start raining inside. <laughs> Drip. He opens the door. The water comes flooding out. Paddington's riding this bathtub like it's a boat all the yeah. way downstairs. Um, and Jonathan, the little boy, thinks it's amazing. And the daughter, whose name I kept forgetting throughout the whole thing. Uh, Judy. Yeah, she sucks. <laughs> she sucks um and then the insurance phone call he's as he's running upstairs before he opens the door, he says, don't tell me the terms and conditions just i approve it i don't approve it on hold <laughs> because literally the minute he opens it i think he knows yeah it's it, it's he's gonna make have to make a claim very very shortly yeah um and so then he's kicked up to the basement not basement the attic and uh, he decides to give the audience some key narration through a letter writing thing to his aunt lucy and the house at this point looks like a doll's house as you open it up. That's clever. That was really cool. cool. That was, was really cool. It was very good. Uh, we found out Mr. Brown's a risk analysis, which ex- now an analyst, which explains all the percentages he keeps giving. Mrs. Brown illustrates children's adventure stories, but she can't finish. She doesn't know what the hero looks like in her most recent one. <laughs> Fun Ju- fact. Yes. Actress, actress's parents in real life are both authors and illustrators of children's books. Well, there you go. Oh, wow. 
Uh, Judy continues to suck. She suffers from a severe <laughs> condition called embarrassment. Very funny. Uh, and this is cool because, like, her picture, there's, like, a Polaroid of her and a Polaroid of the boy Tony she's into, and they talk to each other through, through it, which felt very Harry Potter in the way that, like, the pictures all come to life. Mm. Yeah. But it still looked cool. It I, was I, I really cool. liked it. Me too. Uh, she's learning Chinese, so she can run away and start a small business. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jonathan wants to be an astronaut. We found out that he made rocket boots last last year, and that's why he doesn't have to do anything fun anymore. <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Bird's husband was in the Navy. That's why everything has to be spit spot. And I'm telling you this. Ship shape. Yes. I'm t- he's learned a lot in a day. Yeah, he's been there is. for one day, and he knows all their backstories. Yep. Good for him. And then um, we have a, a nice scene between uh, Mrs. Brown and Paddington that I've called Mrs. Brown's boy. Oh. <laughs> um, she comes to inquire about Paddington. Uh, we find out the hat might lead to the explorer because it was the explorer's hat, and he sleeps in the trellis. And that then, was nice. And then we go to a natural history museum where we meet Nicole Kidman, who played. She had a really weird name. What was it? Satine. No, she didn't play Satine. But there you go, Millicent. Griff. Millicent. Millicent. Yeah. And we don't know what her last name is yet. That'll come later. Oh my god, she looks stunning. She looked good. Oh, she looked really good that for blonde. What was it? it was a twenty fifteen. We said this was. Yeah. 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 She looks really good for twenty fifteen. For the age game. Ooh. She looks good. She does look good. And we said, what year it was made? Which you <laughs> said, said she looks really good for, and I was like, oh, oh, no, oh. No, for, for, for 2015. <laughs> I don't know. Because she, I mean, she's, yeah. she's had a long career. She's looked, she more, she's looked better in some films and worse in some other films. This is more on the better side lately. Yes. Yes. Um, and then she's the director of Taxidermy. Uh, we get another oh, deli- I hate Taxidermy. Another delivery from the docks. And there's this great bit where the wall has like all the heads it's brilliant and as she walks through the other room it's like all their backsides <laughs> on the it's other brilliant. Side. i love it which i don't know if i want my office to be surrounded by animal asses no that's <laughs> kind of weird could you imagine an ass's ass yeah <laughs> i don't know uh and then the customs guy does the backstory and we find out kind of she's into all this sort of stuff and um he's going through like you know oh, there's a bear and we had these marmalade and she goes marmalade at which point i'm going does this make Nicole Kidman, who starred in Moulin Rouge, if she finds Paddington, is she Lady Marmalade? <laughs> but I swear to you, oh, no, but that was a good joke. I no, because later that. on she un- unveils this cabinet. She does. She does. And I swear it says Lady Marmalade. On it, it says something Marmalade, not Lady. It's it's the it's the genus of what they've called him. Mm. So I don't think it's Lady Marmalade. We have to go back and look at that. We will. I thought that was an insight. Either guy. way, one of us is having to own up to the mistake next week. Yeah. <laughs> I'd happily own up yeah. to it. So the next day, uh, Paddington. Oh, wait. Oh, what's up? So um, she then throws a knife at the at the board of the pictures of all the, yes, the bear yes, that's true. stuff. And um, Nicole Kidman learned to throw and twirl knives for this role. And Fantastic. then she was told to tone it down because it was too intense for a kid's film. And the knife skill scenes were cut. Oh, well, here's my question. Does this film teach kids to fear the museum? A little bit. <laughs> it does. It does. It's very dark when it goes in. It's like very empty. But there's no one redeeming who helps the museum. So museums are bad, evil places. <laughs> yeah. Kind of true. Um, she also attended a taxidermy class to prepare for the part. Oh, there we go. A little bit mm. creepy. It's it a little creepy. bit creepy. Mm. Then we meet Mr. Curry and Proper, played by Peter Capaldi. And anytime we dealt with him in his house, it was a super Dutch tilt. Wasn't it? It was yeah. a angle. Um, the film doesn't want me to like him. I've got brackets here. It doesn't. Uh, he doesn't want to be kept up by jungle music. Um, there's a return of the band. Uh, and then as this is going on, uh, Paddington is being taken to the tube. 
because mm. they get across town because he's going to go to the government um, agency today. Going so, to the the geography? No, of- no, because dad, dad, Mister Mister Brown's unaware. Oh, so Mister Brown thinks to go into the authorities. Oh, okay. But yeah. Mrs. Brown has taken him to the geography to try and find out more. Oh, the, the antique, antique store. store, antique. Oh, store. antique store. Yeah, yes. And so um, there's a great bit where he's trying to figure out how to work the escalator. And he looks over and it says, dogs must be carried. And he reads this as you can't ride it unless you have a dog on you. And then as well, it's like stand on the right. And he interprets that as I have to be on my right foot at the same time. And Mr. Brown's going down the opposite escalator, coming up from the opposite escalator. He's like, Paddington. So Paddington's not trying to run up the down escalator. That's funny. And some guy who's running down for his train, which absolutely happens in London. It does, it does. uh, Mm. Knocks him over. And I thought we were going to see a dead dog for a moment. Me too. Because they slow-mo on the dog like flying all the way around and it's caught by mrs brown at the bottom and the dog owner takes the dog back and tuts which is about as bad as it gets in england most of the time <laughs> um and then that's it and then, and then she just goes to Paddington and goes why don't we just walk to the antique shop it's, it's actually quite close yeah and i'm like so this whole scene's just for that gag but to be fair that's quintessentially london isn't it you everything is yeah, I tend to walk a lot of places. Um, and so we get the backstory of Jim Broadbent's character who runs the antique shop. Jim Broadbent, who, of course, was also in the Harry Potter universe. And Moulin Rouge. And Moulin Rouge and Bridget Jones. Yeah. If you're going to make a quintessentially British film, Jim Broadbent mm-hmm. has to be he in or it to. does not receive government funding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and... Jim Broadbent has previously worked with every single member of the main cast, apart from the children. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Because Jim Broadbent makes 12 films a year. I mean, it just is. Because <laughs> he he's amazing. You don't get funding unless Jim Broadbent's in your film. So if you're a British actor, every, I think I worked with Jim Broadbent once. He was in 12th Night, right? He was, <laughs> he was. He was. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, we get his backstory, and another cool bit was they had like a model train, and they told the story that way by projecting like miniatures onto this model train that kind of looked like it was there. Uh, I call BS though, but he still was this accent if he came here at like seven. Yeah, me too. Because I traveled from Can- mm. from England to Canada, it took me about four years, but I lost my English accent and still have never picked it back up. No, you haven't. And that was what do you mean? Uh, cool, blimey, gather! <laughs> oh, just come back, it ass. <laughs> Hello, Mary Poppins. Hello, Mary Poppins. <laughs> step in time. Uh, so. Step in time. Step in time. Um, Sadly, he was not in this film. No, he That wasn't. would have been great. Wouldn't it? Uh, um, there's a pickpocket in the shop, and Paddington doesn't see this. He just sees the guy's dropped a wallet and thinks he needs to return it. Now, I marked out for this huge, uh, but it only counts if you've seen Peep Show. And you yeah. haven't seen Peep no. Show. Ellie and Georgia, I'm guessing you haven't seen Peep Show. The nope. pit po- a few episodes. The pickpocket is a character called Superhands. Oh, okay. Who is like uh, Jeremy's one of the main characters, like like drug delinquent best friend. So to see him in something so, even though he's playing the pickpocket, to see him playing in something so bright and shiny and not debaucherous at all was like complete culture shock for me. I think I've met the director of Peep Show though. Yeah, yeah, because he did. Um, I'm sure he directed the David Copperfield movie. Oh, and Lynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, there's a great, and I was wondering if this film was made and it was released in 3D because there were a few action sequences that I felt were meant so that you jump out of the way of stuff. Yeah, I could see that. 
And so I mean, it's a fun CGI bit where he's chasing after Superhands, who's I think he's supposed to be Andre, the pickpocket. He's Superhands. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a great bit where he, um, <laughs> the GPS, as they would say in North America, or Satnav, as they would say here, says, <laughs> in 100 yards, bear left. And he looks to his left, and there's the bear. Flying in the air with his uh, I've, got, I've got something for Doing you. Doing a Mary Poppins. Yeah. Doing a Mary Poppins. Uh, during the process, somehow a police hat ends up on his head, and he's being sort of... He's got like a dog leash that he's using. It's almost like water skiing on a skateboard behind all the traffic. <laughs> yeah. And so, I think it's the dog lead for the chihuahua. It is. It? The one who he's yeah, on the, the bus is yelling yeah. at him. But as he flies by two, two, two coppers, they go, oh, there's an officer in distress. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so eventually, uh, Andre the pickpocket, Superhands, gets tackled by mistake or like falls or something. Like 20 wallets come flying out because you wouldn't just take the money and offload the wallets. You missed out the, um, the Shakespeare reference. Oh, there's a few of them here. My bad. I've got yeah. one. Yeah. So we go to the school. We go to the school and we go. And of course, kid children, we all know that a winter's tale has Shakespeare's most famous exit. Uh, most famous exit. It was just exit pursued by. And someone goes, Paddington. It's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. And then all the kids are like, wow. And then we find that Paddington saved the day. All the kids are like, yeah. And like, oh. And she goes, Paddington? He goes, oh, do you know that bear? And she's like, uh, I don't... They're all cheering a minute. Like, uh, yeah. And Tony goes, he's awesome. And he goes, oh, he, yeah, he lives with us. He's like, mm. <laughs> I don't like Judy. Me either. Uh, and we find out, as a long part of this, the hat, as they go back, because this whole thing is distracting us from our main task, tell me about the hat you've mm-hmm. got. And it belonged to the Geographer's Guild. So... We leave that there because Nicole Kidman's going to take part in a new Mission Impossible movie, which is kind of funny if you consider her husband was the guy in the Mission oh, Impossible. I know. I didn't even realize that when I typed that up. The ex-husband, yeah. Yep. Um, she finds... I think that's how she managed to get the uh, rights to it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, there's more than one Mission Impossible reference in this. <laughs> yeah. So she comes down on this rappelling line, like tranks the the guys who are doing like security yeah. at the train station. And apparently they've just got a camera. I guess they probably do have cameras pointed everywhere. But they go ahead and they find Paddington getting into a cab and the cab's license plate is C-A-B-8-I-E mm-hmm. or Cabby. Love it. Yeah, that's great. Which I saw before they digitally rendered it and made it look better. This is Cabby. Do you want to know an interesting fact about CCTV? Always. CCTV was first trialed in Kings Lynn <laughs> before it went nationwide. There you go. And there we are. Where do we need it the most? <laughs> it, what, Russell, know? the postie will love that fact, Liam. Yes, well, that's right. to be honest with you, at the time, I think the reason Kings Lynn was used was because they had more crime to ratio than London. Yep, so that's, that's pretty much what I was expecting. That's, yeah. that's why they used it. Uh, Paddington is now a hero. We find this out with a newspaper the next day. It's a fur cop. <laughs> yeah. loved that oh especially because he was a copper as well yeah. oh, it, works on, it works on multiple levels um the kids are like dad sucks he's so boring and mrs bird is like your father was a very different person all the rise and we find out like <laughs> he's on a motorbike he's on a motorbike city. but like he's not de-aged at all they've just put like 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 a fake mustache on him mustache, and, yeah. and like this like really like leather jacket and he's like over exaggerated which is it's a kid's movie i'm, I'm not it. a motorbike enthusiast in any way shape or form but that was a triumph a, Brit- was, a british yeah. motorcycle yeah. yeah was it a triumph bonneville because how cool would that have been i don't know this no it wasn't. i i haven't written it down but i did see it i did okay Oh, I didn't okay. see the name and go, oh my God, it's a Bonneville. It would have been funny for him. <laughs> so of course he goes in as this like born to be wild. I guess the song playing is yeah, born yeah, to be yeah. wild. He comes out and he's like Hugh Bonneville, who we've met so far. Yeah. He's all like, his fatherhood can change a man. And I get that. I get the idea that you want to make the world <laughs> as safe as possible. 
Uh, then we have a bathing scene where Paddington gets a makeover. Um, and he gets given the trademark coat. And I had no idea how important this, this coat was going to be for my emotional response to the movie. But the minute he put it on, I hadn't realized it was missing yet. And then he put it on and I went, of course. It's like sitting down on the chair and just going, ah, that's yeah, yeah, the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was just right. And I was like, oh, okay, that's nice. And that's um, nice having right. passed through the family. And he talks about the coat and it's got pockets, but other than pockets, he goes, oh, look, it's got sandwich <laughs> compartments. <Yeah. laughs> Ellie. <laughs> it did make me giggle. Um, so his character design for this film didn't include the red wellies that he's often seen in. I was going to oh, say, yeah. yeah. That's right. And that is because they're not original. They were added on by toy companies when they made the actual teddy bears to help them to stand up. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. It does, yeah. So was it, were the red wellies in the stop action, the stop motion? I guess not. Okay. Actually, now I'm thinking about it, the um, Paddington bear that my mum had from when she was little that we still have upstairs in the loft somewhere, um, that didn't have red wellies. That, that okay. just had the hat and the coat. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you know who has the very first Paddington bear that was ever made? The Queen? No. Oh. Uh, Jeremy pre- Clarkson. Really? Wow. Yes. He must be a big fan. Mum made it. So, oh. oh, really? So you could mm. argue that he's got the top bear. <laughs> but can we just go Bryce back to that scene? didn't cameo in this, really. Can we go back to that scene? But uh, if he put, was the cabbie, I'd have been so much better. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. That'd have been very cool. Yeah. And I go, do you think you're going a bit too fast? <laughs> <laughs> do you need to slow down, cabbie? Also, go right. So <laughs> when they put on the duffel coat, I liked how that was passed down from through the whole family to yeah. symbolise he's part of the family without realising. And they go, look, yeah. and they say, it suits you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A fit, yeah. Um, at which point you kind of have to once you give him the coat doesn't he kind of have to stay yeah yeah yeah. Uh, Nicole Kidman intimidates Matt Lucas um, he's explaining the cabbie's code and then we find that's not a code it's more of a set of guidelines when and she, I went when she straps him up I, under I, the bridge I went this feels very lazy of a copy of Pirates of the Caribbean yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't like Matt Lucas um, I'm not a big fan either she finds out where the kids live where the family lives it's about the purpose of this um, then we go back to the Peter Capaldi falls in love with a new companion I've got because she's <laughs> on the phone and he's like, you've been on the phone for 45 In minutes. a phone box instead of a police box. Oh, that's clever too. You know what? And that's another callback. It's another callback, isn't it, to the old British phone box? Sure. You know, and stuff like because we don't use phone boxes anymore. I have a friend who came over here and uh, she was only, I was going to see her for one day. She was in London. And so she said, I just really want a photo in a phone box. And we were like, oh, shoot. I said, I said, well, we'll find one. We'll find one. And so we were at King's Cross. She had to take a train in like an hour uh, from St. Pancras. She was mm-hmm. going to go to Paris. And so I would just go find someone. So we went and found someone who worked there and said, hey, I'm looking for a phone box. Oh, there's no phone boxes in this country. And I'm going, hang on, hang on. There is. I, I know you're hearing the accent. I've been living here for about five years now. Yeah. I know there are. At this point, no, no, no. I'm sorry. You must be mistaken. You see, because in London, there are no phone. Like, oh, this is ridiculous. I had I had my in laws come the year previous. I'm like, no, there are red phones. So I said, let's just, and she looks really upset. I'm like, we're going to find one. We're gonna. So I walked out the door, turned right. We walked about 100 yards, and there was a big red phone box. Yeah. Got <laughs> the pictures. That was that. And I think, unless you, I think, because the thing of, oh, well, you don't, we don't use them, so you don't notice them. Yeah, so yeah, why yeah, why yeah. would you? You just sort of fade it. It's, it's like where is there a, a red like letterbox? I don't know. You in, know. In fact, in this last week, uh, BT have just started selling off all their latest or the last red phone boxes 
to the villages and places like that for oh. a pound. So we've got one. We've oh. got one in this village that is um, currently a uh, little mini library. Yeah, there's one yes, in Castle Horizon yeah, too. Yeah, is cool. a mini library. So they're selling them off for a pound. If I could find one, I would buy one and put it in my garden. Yeah, I know. Me too. I totally would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's one in like there's all these little. I, I, was, cause I was saying to her, she goes, "London doesn't have them." I'm like, I say to my friend, I said, you know, my, my ex housemate just moved into this village of like 80 people and they have a red phone yeah, box. Like there's yeah. going to be one. Um, there's one in your village, isn't there? Ellie? Yeah. 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 So uh, Peter Capaldi then sees it's Nicole Kidman. And you get, hello. <laughs> is it, is it me, me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. Don't Sorry. replace me with Jodie Whittaker again. <laughs> um, and so she now has a new henchman. She do. Basically, yeah. I never thought Peter Capaldi would be a henchman. No, I thought he was bigger <laughs> than this. I really yeah. did. You know? It's uh, a throwaway part. I, maybe maybe Paddington speaks to him on some level. Maybe he really wanted to be yeah, part of maybe, this. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, Nicole Kidman almost wasn't in this film because her agent was like, just kind of dismissed it. But she's loved Paddington from such an early age that she was like, oh I my ha- God, I need to take that role. I hate to say it. She looks good. I don't think she's very good in it. No. I don't. I think she's very paint by numbers. She is, but she yeah. looks gorgeous. She looks, she looks really good. I'll give you that. She looks oh. really good. Um, we have Nicole the ch- Kidman. <laughs> hey, um. for, those, for those of you who are not on your bingo card today, yeah. uh, we go to the Geographer's Guild. There's no record in the archive. Um, and then they sort of sneak upstairs. The receptionist is such a bitch. Isn't she? she is. And so we get asked, uh, so then Mr... Mr. Brown goes, are you sure that he was really an explorer and he was going to just find a hat and make up a story? And Patterson looks like he's going to eat Mr. Brown for about three <laughs> seconds. <laughs> he does, he does. And then apparently it's a hard stare you do when, when people have stopped being polite. Yeah. When they've got no manners. When they've got no manners, yeah. <laughs> and he's got an idea. And uh, then we have, uh, good God God bless and good on Hugh Bonneville for dressing up as the cleaning lady. But can I just say, because he's, he's kind of basically saying that he's lying, isn't he? Right? Well, but I think now- he's saying, because... Because Paddington never meets the explorer. He's one on information given to him by his aunt and uncle. Yeah, so maybe it, it's a mistelling. But didn't he mention the whole mask, the elephant? She looks like an elephant, or the person that broke in was the elephant. I haven't got there yet. Oh, we haven't got there. Okay. No. <laughs> That's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, back in, uh, so he changes into uh, the cleaning lady. He's That's got, funny. He's got this random guy comes and goes, you're very pretty. <laughs> Oh, no, it's not him. Sorry, Mrs. Paddington says you're very pretty. And this is where Mr. Brown says, that's just what they'll say in jail. <laughs> yeah. and I'm just asking, where did they find the clothes? Yeah, he must have been, yeah. Um, and, and the makeup. Yeah, and the, and the makeup. makeup, yeah. And this is where they talk to the guy who's sort of like the security guard. And he goes, oh, nice day, isn't it? And she goes, and then Hugh Bonneville, as, Miss, Miss, as the cleaning lady, goes, yes, it's unusually hot. And he goes, just like you. Mm-hmm. That guy, he was in the detectorists. That guy is, that a word? is one of the main is it one of the main cast of the Horrible Histories series. Oh, and is I, it? I do not have face blindness to him. I knew <laughs> the I one person you pick up on. <laughs> Who no Literally, one really knows. Literally, yeah, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. No, no idea. <laughs> guy from Horrible Histories. Gotcha. Gotcha for fifty watched, pieces. I watched a lot of Horrible Histories when I was young, <laughs> and funny. they dress up as so many different characters throughout it because there's only like four or five of them. So you got to practice you get your to face know, blindness through many different things. Yeah, you get okay. to know what their faces look like so yeah um mr brown then says that he must be listening to uh falcon and the weekly soldier because he says he's got a fake arm <laughs> and so there's this pantomime of like stabbing it with random you wouldn't things. do this though would you 
<laughs> it's not like a fake arm. I'm not taking a pin and stabbing no. you. Because he's trying to say that he is this picture that's very old. Yeah, and yeah. that he's lost weight. And then... It's so, had to, like a mole, a mole or something laser it off. And you grew the arm back? It's like, it's fake. Um, and then... Um, Paddington's got a marmalade baguette and he mentioned earlier he liked these French sandwiches he did uh, and he accidentally gets stuffed into the system this is after they find a little bit of video reel because almost everything else has been deleted mm-hmm. but you wouldn't throw out the piece of video evidence you'd the primary thrown, that'd source that would been the one you'd have thrown wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so obviously the geographer's guild is in on something um, the baguette gets stuck and then it sort of causes the whole what do you call that system pneumatics is that what it is yeah. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, it's all like air tunnels and yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And so the mammoths get busted up by this baguette, which is probably the reason why it is a baguette. It's I so love you the can fact, have a scene. I love the fact it gets to the middle first. It gets to the middle where everybody is, <laughs> yeah. and then it falls apart, and the, and next thing you know, Paddington and the cleaning lady are running away, and the, the security guard goes, stop that sexy woman! <laughs> that did make me laugh. And as it explodes, this is going off, Paddington's running, and the baguette lands right in his hands. Yes. And he's running away, which was kind of nice. Uh, we go back to Mr. Curry's house, and we know it's his house because everything's Dutch again. Kidman wants Capaldi to be her eyes and ears, and as soon as he's alone, pounce. Now, what that means in the end is going to be as soon as he's alone, don't pounce and phone me. Yeah. There was there was no pouncing that took place. No. Uh, then we fire up the projector to see the uh, video that they've brought home. Um, and uh, if you know if you notice, Mr. Brown is not wearing a tie. And this became one of these things where, depending on if he's wearing a tie or not, you can tell if he's uptight or if he's relaxed. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, no, so he's I not wearing a tie here. I didn't notice that. And he's starting to come around. Oh, cool. And then he says that dressing up as a woman was very liberating. <laughs> and we see the start of the film again. Yeah. I was starting to go, is this going to go meta? Am I going to watch him watch himself the whole way through? Um, and then Paddington walks up and walks into the screen, which was a really nice moment, actually. It was. It was and he gets to see home, the black and white scene from earlier, but it, but in, in, in color. Yeah. And it was really nicely animated. I liked it. It, it was, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, I, actually, he see his eyes start to well up, and I got a little bit emotionally involved into Paddington's journey at this point. Mm. Yeah. It's hard not to. And we find he's looking for Montgomery Clyde, and the family celebrates this by everybody leaving him alone in the house. <laughs> why? Because the plot needs to happen. Yeah. And why are you leaving, old lady, Julie Walters? We, yeah, because why, we why? need more marmalade. Yeah, because we need <laughs> we need him to be left alone yeah. so that there's some reason why there can be a misunderstanding. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the family goes out. Why? I don't know. Uh, Capaldi calls Kidman, which is his version of pouncing, and then she comes around and he wants to go on a post-kidnapping date, and she's... Like, if she just leads him on, like, a little bit longer, like, she gets away with everything. Everything. So I can't figure out why she about faces so quickly. You can say it's a flaw, but she's, but she's been obsessed for so long. Why would you screw it up this... Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah. So, Paddington tears the phone book as he's trying to write down all the names of every... First off, congrats, there's a phone book in the house. Yeah. But he wants to get all the Clydes out of the phone book. Uh, he tears it, so he needs to find some tape, and it becomes this thing about how he can't use tape. And I'm sorry, this is about the third one of these in this movie. I was done with it at this point. Yeah, I didn't need a montage of Paddington not knowing how to use tape. I'm sure I'm in the minority, and the girls are going to tell me they, it was hilarious and heartwarming. And again, the f- names in the phone books as an old throwback. You wouldn't have that today. You do a Google it's only, search. It's only it's, yeah, but it's only businesses that you still have phone books. Yeah, but it's like businesses. Not names aren't listed anymore because no, 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 there's, no. there's too many phones. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they wouldn't so, have addresses because no one has no one has landlines. But it's nice little throwback to that. And why it? wouldn't you just phone them all? <laughs> exactly. He goes around for hours searching for them. <laughs> Ring them. Because by that point, he hasn't got a phone. 
And yeah, he's not. He's been pushed out of the house, isn't he? Right, but if he rather than trying to like write it, like tear the, get the addresses down, if he just put the phone and just started calling them all, yeah, much Maybe quicker. He doesn't know how to do that. Well, he knew he's how to very use. Smart he player. knew how to use a computer when we wrote the Geographers Guild. Yeah, he only had to press three buttons and he could read it. <laughs> oh, he was hacking. It was green. <laughs> That's hacking language, according to movies. Um, anyway, uh, how did you guys feel? I was really bored. I, I didn't want to see a third sort of Paddington's a klutz. I wasn't bothered by this scene particularly until we get to the point where he tries to go and answer the phone and he can, he's waddling because he's covered in that much tape. I, I, wa- liked, I liked that. Wherever the, Mr. Like Brown is buying his tape, I want to know. Because that's a lot of tape. A, because it's a lot of tape. And B, because the tape I buy doesn't stick for toffee. <laughs> no, but also, you know, he put it on the paper, didn't he, to fix yeah. it? He left it on there, but I didn't tear it back didn't off. Tear, like this, this, a minute ago, this paper was like so fine. If yeah. you look at it funny, it rips. Now it's like got like super constructed powers. Absolutely. Um, Paddington then goes to the foam. And of course, Kidman's retracting down again on her Mission Impossible sort of theme. Is this in her face mask? Yes. Mask. Yeah, yes. Okay. This is this is this is Are You My Mummy? <laughs> this was Nicole Kidman doing her own stunts. Very very nice. Um. <laughs> you, you, you know who else did stunts like this once? Yeah. Tom Cruise. I know. <laughs> you see that you see that Tom? I was in Paddington did my own stunts too. Katie Who? <laughs> Sorry, Ellie, I think we kind of started riffing. Anything else besides uh, the stunts? Go on. No, that was it. <laughs> um, and so Paddington calls her an elephant? He calls her an elephant because of the gas mask, yeah. and he also says a snake body yeah. because she's wearing snake skin. The tape, like pings, retracts her for a moment, and then a series of problems happen. Uh, Paddington hides in the fridge, and a bunch of, like it's, like, it's like Doc Brown's opening trick from Back to the Future, the first one. Yeah. And it finishes, it's like Mousetrap, the board game Mousetrap, and it finishes by, like, light, by like lighting the oven on fire, and it starts a fire in the house, and Nicole Kidman gets out. It was weird. And also... Going back to the Back to the Future, the time machine was supposed to be a fridge, wasn't it, originally? Oh, that's right. But they didn't want kids climbing into the fridge. So now (laughs) they're showing you Paddington in the fridge. Be afraid of museums and climb in your fridge. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. The house catches on fire, but not enough to do any real damage. Just enough to get the fire department called. And to blow her into the hallway. And Mr. (laughs) Brown thinks that Paddington's lying. And there's no logic here. Like, he's been right about everything to this point. He's just seen it for what it is. And he's saying it looked like an elephant, but had the body of a snake. And you're going, okay, he's not coming up with some, like, really crystal clear. Like, he's confused. Yeah. Like, the degree of lying. If I wasn't a lie, I'd come up with something. Yeah. I know it's a children's film, but Mr. Yeah, I don't like Mr. Brown here. Um. Also, he ping-pongs back and forth with his development. Yeah, he does. Uh, they're going to take him to the authorities. So Paddington hears this through a vent and runs away, and the band plays a sad song for him as he does so. Um, Hugh Bonneville and Sally Hawkins improvise most of their conversations in this film. So I think probably the ones where it's just the two of them. So like when they're sat on the bed talking at this point, right. will have been improv. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. I like the fact they improvised. Serious improv. You don't hear yeah, about that so yeah, much. Yeah, you don't, do you? Yeah. And being a serious actor like Hugh Bonneville, you'd think that he'd want to be structured yeah. rather than improv. That's nice. If you want to hear some more really serious improvisation, <laughs> my episode of Jock Talk on 12th of April. 12th of April. <laughs> Podcatchers everywhere. Uh, 
Paddington goes to Buckingham Palace and a palace guard lets him shield from the oh, rain. That's so cute. And he goes to get his sandwich out, but all the pigeons, it's a returning joke at this point. Yeah, the, yeah. the pigeons will always show up. Uh, and you called something as a result of this. So I well called done you. This. Well yeah, done you. Yeah, I did. But he puts it away. At which point, I guess the pigeons really like marmalade because, like, the guy brings him like a like three stack sandwich, stack sandwich like with steak and with steak. A, out of his bearskin hat. I'll yeah. tell you what: we have a little Union Jack on it, and Twitter didn't blow up yelling at why there was a Union Jack on the sandwich. And we heard, you know, rule Britannia, and no one got upset. It was great. It and was, then fondant fancies great. and a Victoria sponge cake and a flask of tea. Oh, it's so nice. Yes. All very British. And he finishes by putting the flask, or thermos as I would say, yeah. in, on, his from, head. on his head. And of course the hat covers it perfectly. It was brilliant. But then you hear like some shrill woman screaming. Now, it's before Meghan Markle was at the palace, so I guess it's, a, <laughs> I guess it's supposed to be the queen. All right, Piers Morgan. <laughs> I was I just about to say the exact same thing, Liam. I guess it's supposed to be the queen. So, uh, so they, so they, so they swap out. Yeah, and um, and so, so the queens yell. They, they, they swap spots, and um, the new guy isn't. He's not. He's not having it, is he? He's not feeling Paddington in no. the booth. And out he goes. He mutters and get him out, doesn't he? Um, Back at home, the family's reading a letter at Paddington is done. Uh, the family's upset, and Mrs. Bird says to Mr. Um, Mr. Brown that the, the family needed Paddington as much as Paddington needed this family. Yes. To which point, Mrs. Bird, like, is your job just to big up whoever's not in the room? <laughs> you don't understand your father. And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, it sounds like the kid's pretty much got a spot on because now you're lecturing him. But I want to know who she is then. Yeah, I agree. Do you know what I mean? She knows a lot. Is she Mrs. Brown's relative? Is she Mr. Brown's? You we don't, don't know. know. I yeah. think she came with the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, there's a search. Uh, Paddington is going door to door because he's not using the phone book. Uh, Mary is searching. She tells the cop uh, he's about three foot six, um, blue coat. Yeah. Uh, red right, hat. red hat. Uh, and he's a bear. And he's a bear, yeah. And the cop goes, it's not really much to go on. <laughs> it was my favorite line. And she goes, but the thing is, she doesn't just go on. She goes, are you serious? <laughs> it's my favorite line in the whole movie. Um, we get the, the flashback to him going, he goes to number 36, or so he thinks. His last house he could look at. Yeah. Knock, knock, knock. And uh, the guy's rude to him and sends him away. And then he hears, if you ever come to London, you get a very warm welcome in the flashback. And then he gets, like, drenched by, like, a car going through a puddle. Yeah. And as he turns around, he sees 36 on the opposite side of the road. And then he looks back to where he is, and he realizes the six is a nine that's that's had, like, a, a screw fallout. Yeah. Or needs tightening. And I'll tell you what, they, 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 they suckered me in here. Because when you heard a voice saying, come on in, it took a little bit before I realized. Really? I knew that was her straight away. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I went, oh, I knew I went, that was her oh. straight away. That's Nicole Kidman eventually. Okay. And she puts him in a taxi, but taxi, of course. Is oh, this is so clever. Taxidermy. Taxidermy, yeah. And this is where she breaks Capaldi's heart. And I'm like, why do you do this? I'm going to take him back to Peru. No. I'm taking him to National History Museum. And I'm going, if you just play along with him for like 10 more minutes, you win. Yeah. Maybe she's, it's because she's he just tried. so yeah. She's just like sure now that she's got the bear that she doesn't need him anymore. It's her life's obsession. But he's also just tried to seduce her with some flowers that he found tied to a lamp. Post. I'll tell you what, this guy was. I thought he was Rough. great. I thought he was great. But he yes. also tried to make a sandwiches with out of date paste. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, 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 yeah, it's gone off, but it's, it's out good of for date, another week. It's good for another week. Had some last week, it was fine. <laughs> uh, we get an anonymous. So the response is he makes an anonymous phone call, not Mr. Curry. Uh, and they go, Mr. Who Murray. 
Yeah, Miss Murray. Murray. And they asked, they go, Paddy. Murray. Paddy has been kidnapped. Who is it? Oh, it's Mr. Curry doing a silly voice. <laughs> Murray. Murray. Um, and then we find out from a voiceover um, from. I saw a voiceover. So I think she's telling telling Paddington. That's it. Um, Nicole Kidman's telling Paddington that her father uh, had his back turned on him by the Geographer Society because he didn't bring back a specimen. So add geography people, geography teachers, geographers in general to people who are now being poisoned by this film. Yeah, it's not giving them a good name, is it? Don't go to the museum and don't yeah. and don't listen to geographers. No. <laughs> um, it sort of explains her motivation, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a real reveal of the case, and I couldn't get the first word down. You said it says lady. I don't I think, think it is. it does. Because he's not going to go in it and be called Lady Marmalade. That makes no sense. No. The case isn't for her. No, the case I is know. for him. But you don't see him in the case, do you? So no, I didn't but the know case is clear. It's no. got a tree branch. Not I for know. her. <laughs> I swear it said lady or something like that. It's just something marmalade. It begins with an L. Does it? <laughs> I, I'm, I swear. Because um, why would I think that? She shoots him from 50 paces with a tranquilizer dart, which means later on she'll be able to shoot him from a similar distance with no issues. Oh, no. No, she had one good shot. Yeah. I think it's like she had Mario Kart going on, and she had, which is it, is it the blue shell that's got the spikes on it, but lets you take out the person in first place? Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think she had a blue shell and used it. Uh, the family has to break into the museum. This is where it gets a little... A little bit. Mm, go through the drains. They go through the sewers. Isn't this the plot of Toad of Toad Hall? <laughs> they yeah. go through the sewers to get into the house at yes. the end? <laughs> I didn't that. In the drains, would they still have a plaque saying, Museum? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> the movie needs us to know they're going the right way. Yeah. Mrs. Bird distracts security by getting into a drinking contest. Loved this Brilliant. scene. Brilliant. Loved this. Yeah. Jonathan is nailing this with explosions and things like that. And Dad's like, all right. Um, there's a locked door. Uh, they can't get to Paddington. So Mr. Brown goes on the ledge to then go sort of climb on the outside of the building to get to the right room. This is where she does the, where she sees him as the hero, doesn't she? Yes, and she goes, "Do not go out there." He goes, "Someone has to." Yeah, not someone is me, and like he looks like Hugh Bonneville, which is like a little bit more determined. But she sees him as like the hero and realizes that's the missing face from her book. It goes back to that painting at the beginning, doesn't yep. it? Yeah, uh, it fills in the face. There's a big noise, and the security guard's about ready to turn around finally. But then we find out that Mrs. Bird's got a second <laughs> bottle of rum. <laughs> Love this, so good. Uh, so I'm just sitting there going. Oh my god, if they finish that entire bottle, and then she pulls out the second one. Paddington, uh, I'll say this much. It's almost Lent's almost over. It is, it is. <laughs> I gotta get the Saturday. That's all I gotta do. That's been fine, but this weekend I'm like, I am missing like pop and 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 and, and just you've done very well. It's just it it is, it is I'm just looking forward to having options besides. I like water. I've drank a lot of water, but I'm looking forward to having other options. The has made us some beer as well. If, uh, here we go. If is that I, I told if I Sorry. need to distract a security guard at a museum, I would be, I would be hard pressed right now, unless yeah. I could say, "Let's eat some hot wings," <laughs> and let's see how much you can stomach compared to me. Yeah, then yeah, I'd yeah. be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, sorry, Georgia. So I told you earlier, but um, my me my work colleagues had McDonald's for lunch um yesterday, um, and they all had coke and fanta and chocolate and stuff and because i'm only drinking water at the moment because of lent um i was really really sad because fountain coke and fountain fanta from mcdonald's are like my favorite drinks and i was just sat there going oh i really (laughs) want to drink it so did you have to order like like a big mac fries and a bottle of water no i ordered a hot chocolate and heather just had my hot chocolate oh she just gave it away okay that's good yeah that's that's nice yeah 
Um, and so t- Paddington's landing when he's like, you got, you sound a lot like Mr. Brown. <laughs> the alarm is triggered. Paddington has to run out and he pulls an Indiana Jones by oh, yeah. his closing door. And, and you, he you like me, you thought, oh no, the hat. The hat, because the hat gets stuck for <laughs> a does. moment. I'm like, no, that was in a rip or something. Yeah. Uh, and then Paddington pulls an Ethan Hunt by taking the two Dustbusters. He does. And going up. This is what happens in episode four. Of Mission Impossible, where he's outside the Wiz Khalifa, or whatever it was yeah, called. Yep, yep. Yeah, so it's the same. It's the same thing. It's the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. And just in case you missed it, we get dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> and that's all and they this paint. Was a rewritten. And that, that, that's, that's, that's like all, version of it. That's like all they that they paid for was those first like eight bars. That's what it sounded like. And they had to stop. Yeah. It was it was rewritten, was it? They they had to rewrite it. Yeah, they weren't yeah. allowed the original oh. track. I see. Tom oh, Tom wouldn't have so it. So is it actually? So that it's not the actual. That's something they had to write instead. Yeah, they they had to rewrite the or rescore it or something for the. Okay. For well, that version. they weren't allowed to actually use. You know, like take the track and just place it in the film. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. So same. I hope bars. some. I hope some money went that way because they did nick it. They did, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think. think I think maybe re-record it or re. Yeah. You know, rewrite it. All they got was like eight bars, something. and then yeah, it went back to the film. <laughs> and then it went back to the film score. It's like okay, you yeah. had. That's about. That's all we can afford. Stop that, there. That's enough tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was in the divorce. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> he he found out for eight seconds. He went no, nope. <laughs> nope. Um, and so there's a jump. And he, he jumps to hit the ledge, and he misses. And he's falling back into the fire. I like called this. Like he's in Toy Story 3. Yeah, I called this. And then he's grabbed at the last second. You did call this? I did, yeah. Uh, by the whole family. No, I didn't expect the whole family. No, I, I was expecting Mr. Brown. No. Yeah. Uh, especially with how weird he's been about his kids. Like, yeah, it's cool to like help them. Like, yeah, help me do that. But only one of them has to grab him. Yeah. Like, it just- would have taken more time to dangle the kids down the chimney into a flaming chimney, by the way, yeah. to be able to catch Paddington. It would for and, them and the- to just reach him at the top. And they're going to get in the way. Yeah, exactly. Like, who's got the longest arms? It's Mr. Bonneville. He's the action hero. We've established this now. Yeah. I want to see Hugh Bonneville in a Taken-type movie after this. Yeah. Yes. That'd be good. <laughs> like, not even like Kingsman. With, just with like, still, just his, like, <laughs> still his accent. Yes. <laughs> but a stern one. Like, not talking to anybody. Being like, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, old fella. <laughs> his coldness is a superpower. He's <laughs> giving everyone the hard stare. The hard stare. And so just when you think they've escaped, no, we've got Kidman on the roof. A new tradition. Again, this is very uh, The Crow, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and she goes, he's not even the same species as you. And he goes, and then Mr. Wonderful goes, well, no, he's not the same species. And, you know, he may not have been born to us. And, yeah, he's new. And we don't even care if he's got a worrying marmalade habit. <laughs> <laughs> And he goes, if you're going to take him, you to take all of us. And she's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, He's yeah. like, oh, I uh, I didn't. And then Paddington goes to sacrifice himself. And you called this really early in the film. I did, didn't I? He takes up the marmalade sandwich, chucks it at her. All the pigeons attack. And I thought for a minute she was going to die. Me too. <laughs> and then she doesn't. And then just like Kronk at the end of The Emperor's New Groove, which you can catch on Talking yeah. to Mickey, up comes Mrs. Bird. Open, oh, I'm at the time. She's drunk. <laughs> I'm at the t- so public drunkenness, yes. <laughs> yeah. Museums, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we have a code. Uh, she doesn't die. She's hanging from hanging a, from a pole. A pole. Um, one more stunt for me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Another Moulin Rouge reference. <laughs> <laughs> Climbing a pole. 
just one sandwich. She, he, we, it's Marmalade Day at the Brown House. We find that again, one sandwich needs all the vitamins and minerals. The boy goes, that means I didn't have to eat. Jonathan, I would have to eat my vegetables. That's for a bear. Not for a boy. Yep. Uh, every home should have a Marmalade Day, says Mr. Brown, and a bear. Aww. Especially a bear. We find out that Millicent is punished. Uh, even if she is um, Clyde's daughter, she's punished by having to work at the petting zoo that he at one point for community opened service. up for community service. <laughs> Ellie. And the um, the petting zoo keeper is Hamish McCall, who was the other author, of, uh, not author, sorry, the other writer of this screenplay. All right. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, and we have kind of a Back to the Future thing where like she gets all this manure dumped on her and yeah. like, in her mouth and all that stuff. Um, there's the dollhouse, and Tony meets Mrs. Brown, and it's reminded me of my mom a lot, where she meets him for the first time and is like, "Welcome to the family." <laughs> I like how she goes through the different things. Don't yeah. touch him. Don't be yeah, almost Don't say anything. Anything. And She blows it in the first five seconds. <laughs> Uh, and then we and it was it was the dollhouse kind of aesthetic which looked really nice. Oh, I did like brilliant. that. Yeah, me too. And we get told uh, by Paddington, everyone is different, but it means anyone can fit in. And there's a snowball fight. The band plays one more time, and it ends by a snowball being thrown at the camera. From Paddington on the light. Yep. Yeah, Paddington's good. last words are, that's all right, because I am a bear. A bear called Paddington. And a bear called Paddington is the name of the original book. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Oh, yeah, right. I, was, I was in there going, cool. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Great. Oh, it's lovely. It is. It is. It is. Okay. So that was that. I mean, thoughts on it? I, I liked it. I really, really liked I it. I thought it was cute. Yeah. I love it. I was cute. Georgia? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Paddington. Oh, and okay. I really enjoy the second one as well. So I definitely watch it again. I'm going to have a hard time when we do ratings in about, I don't know, 15 minutes. And we go, Georgia, who gave Train Spotting a two, <laughs> and Rocky, whatever it was. Three. What is she? What is she go? What are these two going to give Patty? I'm just throwing it out there. So let's talk first, though, about. We're in the end game now. Hey, and we're already one drop ahead of where we were last time, so that's good. I managed to get through that one. Um, money. I'm assuming Ellie, you looked up financials as well. I did indeed. Yeah, excellent. Um, before I talk about the financials of the film, though, I'd just like to give you a little tidbit and say that the sale of marmalade and oranges in the UK increased in the first half of 2015, as did the number of downloads of marmalade recipes. Oh, oh nice. Uh, I like it's, that. It's kind, of the, uh, it's kind of like the opposite of what happened with Babe, where we said like everybody stopped eating pork for like, <laughs> for like six months. Yeah. Less pork, more marmalade. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so the the budget for the film was the most most that a Studio Canal production had ever spent on a film. It was fifty five million dollars. Wow. Okay. Um. So yeah, what do we think the Global. worldwide gross is? Yeah. Three hundred and twenty million. Two eighty. Four sixty. <sighs> it's two hundred and eighty two. Wow! <laughs> Get in. <laughs> You Google this. <laughs> Ethan. I'm calling you Ethan. Do not call me Ethan. Oh, There's too much of a genuine surprise. Oh, I never win these things. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Um, so, oh, I, 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 I'm sitting back like my job's done. I, I, I <laughs> You're celebrating your glory. <laughs> I got to throw one thing to you. Uh, we, we had the awards. We talked about that already. The legacy, obviously, it's building off a previously established legacy. Yeah. And it brings the stories of Paddington to a new generation. It's weird. And all this time that we talk about reboots and remakes and all this stuff, like when I first heard about it, I'm like, oh, do we need one of these? 
you know what? People seem to have accepted this right now as part of the current landscape. It was a new format. We never had a feature-length Paddington film before. No. You gave us one. I guess it feels from my, it feels like it lines up for the most part with the uh, original series. Thing is, though, it it, it hit. Obviously, it's been a big hit, and um, people like it. When you go back, I don't know how many years ago now, fifteen years ago, Garfield, yeah, didn't really hit the same note as as what this has. I hate to ask it, American versus British, and the idea about going, let's keep it quintessentially what it's always been. Yeah, now Garfield, don't you can't make it. I think it's the idea of going. I think. Paddington stay, stuck close to what the roots of the character were. Yeah. And you wonder if Garfield was trying to be a little bit too pop culture cool. Yeah, yeah. And Paddington's not cool. Paddington's just genuine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's what you, that's what you like about it. But Paddington only, is my version of cool. It's the only time that you'll actually see like a Paddington versus Garfield reference, I think. Yeah. <laughs> just a thought. Um, but no, uh, it is quintessentially British and that's to its advantage, mm-hmm. I think. And so we, we, of course, got a sequel. And the sequel is also very highly regarded. Cool. I can't wait yeah. to see it. Yeah, it's, so. And it's got Hugh Grant in it. Oh, does it? There we go. Oh, even there. So I, yeah. think, I think Ellie picked this. Uh, we wonder what Ellie's next pick's mm, going to be. I wonder. <laughs> so, Bridget Jones, Beyond the Edge of Reason? Or... All, just, that's what Ellie's podcast would be. <laughs> yeah. A Hugh Grant-only podcast. Oh, yeah. An excellent idea. You could call it Grant Us This Day, Our Daily Wish. <laughs> <laughs> and mine would be the worst film ever. <laughs> uh, um, whose story is it? Whose story is it? Oh, I, I mean, I think it's a mixture story. between Paddington and Mr. Brown. But well, also a little bit of everyone else's. Every, every, the family, yeah. Oh, it's tricky. It's not Mrs. Bird's story. No. She's just there to guide and push people in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mrs. Bird's not really alive. She's dead. She's a narrator. Everybody else just sees her. Yeah. She's just a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the bit where she opens the door. <laughs> and even then, that was just a gust of wind. Even though there was a gust of wind, that's all it was. Um... <laughs> What is the story? Is the story what is the story about? Acceptance. Acceptance? Yeah, being different and then yeah. being accepted. Because yeah. I'm an archivist. It starts off by trying to go like the kids need to because the dad's told you to accept I said Garfield. You need to accept <laughs> Paddington for who he is, and you need to accept your children for who they are. Well, especially his son, right? Yeah. But the story's told you gotta accept your father for who he is. But then it lasts about two seconds and we're told on second thought, don't don't accept your father for who he is. No, but he changed. That wasn't the core of him, was it? He changed when he had the children. Does he change? Well, yeah, but is that not who he is? People do change. But yeah. he's, he, he starts to revert back to a, a more rounded version the person, of the two different he's things the one by the ha- end. He's the one who has to change, though. Everybody else gets to stay who they are and be accepted. He's the one who's forced to change. Well, no, because Judy does pop, come out of her shell. She's not hiding in her room with her headphones on. She starts to come oh, and talk to the family I and still, those sorts I, of no, things. I still hate Judy. Judy <laughs> I know you do, Judy, but I'm still I'm still no, arguing that point. Judy only changes once she finds out that she can still be popular if she likes yeah, Paddington. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. No, Judy should have been... The win would have been he did the right thing, and that's why I like Paddington. That's the win. Yeah. And you find out they like her anyway. Yeah, and she doesn't know that this is to her advantage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah I'm not saying that it's it's a good character development, but I am yeah. saying she does she does change throughout the film. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I acceptance. I guess I can I can run with that. Yeah, because uh, you think about it, the um, Nicole Kidman's dad. He he's accepting of them, and he doesn't turn his back on them, does he? Yeah, I guess it's that everybody's different, but anybody could still belong. Yeah. I guess it's that message. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Um. So let's uh, roll of women. It's pretty good. Yeah. I rather like it. Yeah. Yeah. 
even Nicole Kidman, to be fair. I quite liked her in this. Uh, Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Lucy. Aunt Lucy was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but Can Mrs. we just Mrs. talk Mrs. about Bound. the moment where Mrs. Bird is like welding the bathtub <laughs> back together? That. That's yeah. brilliant. I forgot about that. But um, Mrs. Brown is an absolute force of nature in this film. She Loved is. it. She and is. she's not militant. She's still sweet and all those things. But she still stands up for 100% for what she believes in. Absolutely. And she's like, I'm going to go out. I need to make sure he's safe. She's she's all those things. She's she's the mum you. I don't say you wish you had. Like you don't wish you had your own mum. But she's. The, I wish I didn't have my mum. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> she's the mum. If you ended up with her as a mum, you'd be like, I did all right. Yeah. She's yeah. the sort of parent I would like to be. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the way to put it. That's the way. Yeah, that's absolutely. The way to put well it. done, well done you. <laughs> uh, And so there's that. Uh, favorite character. See, I'm torn. Right? Me too. Because I know I'm, I'm all out of shape. Yeah, I know I'm not supposed to like Nicole Kidman <laughs> in this film. Yeah. But every time she came on screen... How about Natalie Imbruglia? She's, she's Australian. <laughs> but every time she was on screen, I was glued to her. She was not in that way. I didn't. Well, I, guess I, didn't. In that way. I didn't. Nicole Kidman. I, not through her acting. I just thought she was... She, her <sighs> presence commanded the screen. Okay. And as much as she was the villain, and I weren't trying to root for her... Yep. My eyes were drawn to her through that presence of being right. on the screen. Cool. So I guess I'll have to say her. Uh, Ellie? Well, I'm torn between Mrs. Brown and Paddington. Um, I really love both of them. I think I'm going to go for Paddington. It's his name on the poster. It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's just super cute and lovely. It's, I just love this film. Yeah, okay. Like, I, I really struggle with this one because there are so many characters I love in this. Uh, Georgia? Yeah, it's got to be Paddington. I mean, for a CGI bear, the expressions and everything and the, the acting, as it were, is yeah. actually really good. Mm. Well, like, don't forget the expressions are based on yeah. Ben Whishaw's own facial expression, so it is so, acting. It is acting, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I love Paddington. He's great. Um, I will say, like, I very rarely in this film that I even remember that, they, that Paddington's a CGI bear and they're actually interacting. Yeah, with him. yeah, yeah. And with that in mind, I'm going to go with a human who's probably acting opposite a tennis ball in this one. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Mrs. Brown. I don't know who she is. I don't know what she's done. I thought she's fantastic in this. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she improvised as well, like Ellie said. Yeah, yeah. Great. Opposite of Hugh Bonneville, so no yeah. one's really going to be looking at her theoretically. No. And just knocks it out of the park absolutely there's all these big name cameos and things all around you think about who she acts opposite in this film she at various points is opposite nicole kidman hugh bonneville peter capaldi um jim broadbent yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. all these people and ben wishaw as the bear and has yeah. the most genuine moments mm-hmm. and and still stand her own and stands her own yeah and is the one that i'm gonna say is my favorite character and my favorite performance in, in this thing i thought she was great so my shout out to whoever you are who plays Mrs. Sally Brown. Hawkins. Yeah, Sally, yeah, Hawkins. Sally Hawkins. She's yeah. also in The Shape of Water. Is she? I've never Which seen I've that. I've never seen that. No. Yeah. I, I have seen that. I should get around to that. I haven't. I'm definitely going to watch it, though, before maybe our, I should, um, maybe I might watch before it before our Best Picture winners. Our Best Picture winners. Because mm. it was a Best Picture it was. winner. It's very good. It won. It's very good. It won instead of three billboards. What? That was the have you, have, you seen, have you seen both? No. Then you can't go what? You don't know. How many kind, episodes do we think yeah. three billboards has been mentioned in at this point? It kind of was. The, the argument between people was if you like your visual storytelling, you go with the shape of water. If you like gritty scenes based on dialogue, 
then you choose three billboards. And the question was, which one of those two oh, ways would okay. it go? And it ended up going to Guillermo del Toro and Shape of Water. So I do need to watch it before I... Me too. I have already, it's one of those. It's going to be one of those debates for years. Someone's going to go, is it the one that did win versus the one that should have won? I've not we'll seen three billboards, we'll but really that. enjoyed Shape of Water. So. There you go. So I don't think it's a bad film. I mean, Jason. Yeah. Uh, so uh, next would be best moment, best element. Um, I liked all the little comedy gags and... Yeah, uh, the sight gags are great. Yeah, they just they, so I haven't got one particular bit because again it was through sporadically through the film and mm-hmm. I just kept laughing through it and then, yeah, I enjoyed it a okay. really a lot. Okay. Because of that. Uh Ellie. I totally agree, Liam. It's it's really difficult to pick. Yeah. Um I've gone for when the Browns first meet Paddington at the station. I think that's a really lovely scene. That scene there. Okay. Yep. Uh Georgia? I really like the different moments of little like extra world building stuff so the the little doll's house cut away for the all the different Amazing. rooms and the train with the backstory for gruber um it's it's cherry tree and the cherry tree lo- losing all its petals clever it's, yep it's, it's amazing yeah. it's absolutely amazing I am going to say that my favorite part was all the extra little bits they did to create world building in this. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed, uh, yeah, the dollhouse cutaway, the, the, the train. Uh, I had something the else. Cherry tree. The cherry tree. <laughs> I had something else and I've just lost it and that bugs me. But even the idea about him going into the video yeah, it, that was itself. Nice. And there was one other thing I had. And if I think of it in the rest of the time, yeah. I'll go ahead and bring it back up. But I don't have it on me in this moment i thought that's a nice little way i just remind you it's a little bit fantastical it's a children's story it's not supposed to be too too serious in that regard and that was uh a nice touch and just elements and ambitious elements of visual wonder which they couldn't didn't have to do no they could have gone down other roads altogether they're completely unnecessary yeah but so well done so well done yeah yeah Yeah. uh so uh grumbles um Nicole Kidman's acting in this. She's not very good. No. I don't know if it's the writing. It could be the writing. Could be. She's very paint by numbers. I don't know if she had a lot to do. Yeah. So they made up for it with like visuals. Yeah. Of her like being like cool in the stunts and stuff like that. See, this is my problem. She, I, she had my attention visually, but. Yeah, you mentioned there, that. There was. <laughs> it's that blonde bob. Yeah. Um, but, and, but she did. She commanded the screen when she was on it. It's just yeah. she didn't deliver saying stuff it just felt like lazy children's movie villain 101 yeah it didn't seem yeah so that's my little grumble yeah all right ellie i'll tell you exactly what it is because that's my grumble as well um there are a lot of scenes in this where it reminds me of satine when she's with when she's thinks that ewan mcgregor is the duke oh. in moulin rouge and it's really kind of hammy and in moulin rouge it works amazingly yeah. sorry paul and griff um when she's like oh, and oh, tell me more and like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's it's really overacted especially, and it's perfect for that but for this it feels like she's phoning it in a bit especially for like a Baz Luhrmann film as well yeah, where it's yeah. so stylized yeah. not so well for no. this so man, and it's the contrast between her character at other points in Moulin Rouge as well so it's not like throughout the can whole thing can you imagine how much Griff must hate this movie then <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bad version of Moulin Rouge uh, Georgia um I struggled for a grumble on this one. Wow. Um, I struggled as well. Okay. 
Okay. I can't think of anything immediately. Silence speaks volumes. I will come up. Okay, so I will. I'll take beers. Much like the the hot chocolate, maybe I should have yours and have two goes. (laughs) Yeah, go on then. (laughs) If I can, then then point one is is Nicole Kidman. You were just like, I did not. At no point did I think she was really that impressive of a villain. I wasn't scared for Paddington. She was just the obstacle they were going to have to eventually overcome. But I just felt that she was just kind of, it's that time of the movie, cut away to the villain. She wasn't Here a Cruella DeVille, was she? She wasn't a... No. And I guess my other bit is, and it's going to be my age, it is. I don't like those bits where everything goes to pot and like, you know, he's in the bathroom and all those, everything goes wrong. The king, I don't yeah, like yeah, those yeah. things. And I could live through the first one, the second, but time we got to the tape, I was done. But again, it's not for, it's for adults and children, right, but we, isn't it? But we have to grade this. Yeah. We, we literally are comparing this to Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, we are. Yeah, you're true. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's the one thing is that we go, oh, that's fine, but we also have to then honestly compare it to Silence of the Lambs <laughs> yeah. and go, yeah, it makes us feel nice, but is it a better film? And that's the question we have to somehow use our own sort of internal logic and go, well, is it a better film than this? Mm-hmm. And judge it on the same criteria. And one of them is just on me going, if I get bored by something, then it's not because it's not the best film ever for eight-year-olds. We can't have a sliding no, scale no, on no. that. I, saw, I know what you're saying. Yeah, so for me and my experience as the person who is one quarter of the hosting panel, I went, I got really bored by the, this, this like... Too much slapstick. Oh, look, Paddington can't figure something out again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a shame because there were so many cool, cute moments and there were also bits where it felt, I really did feel emotional involved and a little bit choked up when he was watching the video mm-hmm. and you could have had more of that and more moments where it's cute and more moments where he's engaging with it's like it's like they just dove in too much on the silliness just one too many times but again they're trying to keep a fine balance between children and adults aren't they yeah but have a moment where he and the, i loved the scene where he the kids are giving him the makeover yeah i loved nice. that scene yeah why can't i have another scene where he's he's playing with the kids yeah or something like that where he's bringing the family together yeah, some yeah, other yeah. exercise it'd have been where, nice to see him play, like play dress up and then that's how he gets his gear give me an exercise give know, me an exercise something. where kid, it was him and the kids now give me one where it's him and the whole family and, and, and yeah, Mr. Yeah. Brown's joining in that'd so before nice. he was a spectator now he's a participant yeah yeah that'd been nice and then we can go somewhere from there yeah and I just I just that was just me I just I was done with that so fair point thank you I think now uh, is this anybody's best role ever Mrs. Brown. Nicole Kidman, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mrs. Br- yeah, I don't know her from anything else, though. No, I don't. So it's not Michael Gambon's best role ever. No. Uh, not Imelda Staunton's best role ever. It's not Ben Wishaw. Well, okay, I'll go with... I argue it's not Ben Wishaw's best film ever, because I still believe 90% of communication is nonverbal, and therefore you can put motion capture on his face. It's not enough. Yeah, he's very good in Mary Poppins Returns. Is he? Oh. He's, he's also very good in the James Bond. Films. He is very good in that. Yeah, Mary Poppins Returns. I, I, I love him as Q. Yeah, yeah, he's great as Q. So, yeah, um, Hugh Bonneville. I, I I like him better in this than I like him in Notting Hill. <laughs> it's not. Oh, it's, it's tough. Not, it's not much of a list, but I will say it's Hugh Bonneville's. Oh wait, hang on, I haven't seen the Downton Abbey movie, so I will say he's that. Also, part. Oh, I have seen that as well. He's. I just really like Hugh Bonneville. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Uh, this is my, this is my favorite. You thing I've seen him in, but I've seen him in two things. Yeah, I'd say the same. Because I ain't I got a wide range of yeah. Hugh Bonneville movies in my head. It's a, it's a good Jennifer Saunders performance. It's not the best Jennifer Saunders performance. Isn't she in Mamma Mia? 
Jennifer Saunders. She's not, not Jennifer what? Saunders. Jennifer Sorry, Jennifer not Jennifer. Julie Walters. Julie Walters. Walters. Isn't she oh the mom of She is. Yeah. yeah. She is. Sorry, yeah. I got them mixed up. <laughs> British women whose names start with J, and it's not Julie Andrews. All right. So um, Julie okay. Walters is amazing in Harry Potter, yeah, especially in the final one. She is very good. She's very good in Mamma Mia. Can we just go with yeah, that? She yeah, is. yeah. She is. She's good in this, but it's nowhere near her best role. No, no. right? She's been in loads of oh, things. Jim Broadbent, though, and whatever middle European accent that was, this is clearly the best <laughs> thing that he did in those two weeks he was shooting this movie. <laughs> <laughs> did he go to the same school as Nicole Kidman? Uh, Broadbent. No. Broadbent, I'm sorry, Griff, I'm going to say, sorry, guys, I think his best role ever might be in, in, um, in Moulin Rouge. Rouge. Yeah. He's great in that. He is. Because he's... Yeah. Because at the heart of it in Moulin Rouge, he's, a, he's, he's really a nice guy, really. Oh, he's not. He is. <laughs> he is. But he's just trying to fit and make everything... He's a pleaser. <laughs> so are all the women. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I... Oh! He's not my favourite character in it, but, you know, looking back, I think. I think so. This isn't... Obviously, it's not Broadbent's best role ever. Easily. So uh, I think that's kind of the main players. Mm, yeah. Capaldi's, I'm sure he's been in some movie at some point. I'm not counting this. No, 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 he, no. He wasn't bad. He wasn't. But I did not a, think he was bad. It was a, it was a, a side plot thing, wasn't it? it wasn't, I think it was him just wanting to be in the movie. Yeah. Bless him. Hopefully he's in the sequel. I imagine he's the neighbor. Yeah. If he, if he was like a fun little sidekick in the next movie, I'd quite like that. Mm. I can't remember. Have you seen both of them? Mm. Oh, okay. I'd quite like that if he was sort of on their side a bit next time. Yeah, because he kind to of show comes that he's their sort of side. like to show what he sort of learned from his sins. Yeah, yeah, I'd be all right. Yeah, I like that. That'd be totally okay. So uh, there's that. So I think I'm going to hit the right button here. Let's see. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? And as always, a big thank you to Moonlight Social. For yeah, thank you. Bit. I love um, that. Let's go ahead, uh, Ellie. What do we have on the age game? The age game. Let's all play the age, the age game. game. That's an old school cat there. It is. <laughs> Well, first we have the news that Peter Capaldi is in Paddington 2. Okay. Um, and then we're going to go for Hugh Bonneville to start with. Did that age go? 53. I think he's younger than he looks. I'm going to go 47. Mm-hmm. 49. 51. Oh. Did you say 53? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you and George split it, yeah? and George, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sally Hawkins, Mrs. Brown. Oh, a lot younger. Mm-hmm. 37. 34. 42. 38. Oh, come on. Who's on fire? You're always good at this. Nicole Kidman. Ooh, that's hard because she's had a bit of work done. Yeah. We're talking about the the actress herself, not not the most recent upgrade. Um, Um, 43. No, older. Older. Oh, I don't know. 52. <laughs> 54. 47. Oh, wow. Ooh. I guess me, sort of. But yeah. I wasn't no. that far yeah, off there. Yeah, in between well Georgia. And- if Georgia said 43, she's closer than I am. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well done, yeah. you. Well done, Georgia. Anybody else? Stick with your gut, Georgia. Thank you. Um, yep, we've, I've got the kids if we want. Nah. Well, nah. nah. Okay, uh, Judy Walters then. Oh, wow. She's getting up there, isn't she? 63. Um, That's literally what the answer was, getting up there. <laughs> 63. Oh, 56. I think oh, she's no, no. older. I'm, I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that. No, no. <laughs> 60. See, my brain is saying 70, but 
She's 64. Wow, Liam, oh, again. Liam is the clear winner today. He's, he's very good at this. Is that it? Yeah. yeah to be we, fair, that makes really us 70 now, we, so we, I'm we all really, right with that. We really can't do Ben Wishaw, so, yeah. No, no, no. Um, no. <laughs> so it's just time. We would barely get it right. It's just time for <laughs> the critics. The critics. So uh, <laughs> let's go ahead with that. Georgia, if you want to go ahead and read up what the critics thought. Yeah, so um, very, very highly acclaimed. Has anyone seen the Rotten Tomatoes score for this? Yes, nope. I have. 97, is it? 97, wow. yeah. Very, 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 very well acclaimed as, by critics. Yep. Not as high as um, Angel of Dirty Faces. Just no, not out. as high. A few, more, a, few, <laughs> a, few, a few more critics were employed these days, but yes. I'm just saying. You are just saying. Right, so uh, Chris Hewitt from Empire says, Marmaladen with glorious silly jokes, pitch-perfect nice. performances, nice. and incidental detail. This is a warm, witty, and wondrously inventive great bear hug of a movie. Great big bear Aww. hug of a movie, sorry. Yes, and he gives is. it five out of five, which I was like, yeah, it's a good film. Um, and then we have... Um, we've got Regan Gavin Rush. Rushkina, I think is how you pronounce it, from Times of India, um, said the seamless blend of animation with the live action is the most striking point of the film. The jaunty film score also helps to keep the film moving along rather nicely. And then we also get from um, the Roger Ebert website, not Roger Ebes, we don't get him, obviously, nah. um, but we do get uh, Christy Lemire, who is writing for the website, uh, says Paddington, a live action CGI animated take on the tales with beloved stuffed bear, pulls off a pretty tricky balancing act. It managed to be both old fashioned and high tech. It remains faithful to the character's roots while also placing him firmly within a contemporary setting. It's charmingly funny. This is a movie in which the GPS instructs a driver to bear left using a car chase, and what do you know, there's a bear on the left. Okay, thank you very much. Now let's talk about some of our critics, shall we? So 100 Things We Learned From Film Podcast. I went to see this with the wife and our friend's little girl. 20 minutes in, the child complained to Rachel that I was laughing too loudly. Great family affair <laughs> with just enough peril. Also, Peruvian bears are gruesome looking. And I'm retweeting that so that everybody out there can look at the... Yeah, a Peruvian bear is a, is a rough looking animal. Uh, Griff from the Paul and Griff Show says, A very enjoyable, charming film. It's great to see Paddington reimagine back on our screens for new audiences to enjoy a perfect sunday afternoon movie um friend of the podcast debbie uh, who had not watched this prior to today and wow. watched it in preparation i did i said, thought she would have seen it. said well, I, I would have thought so too yeah, yeah said what an amazing film just what i needed today full of great actors animation music jokes and so much more my three-year-old was transfixed from as much of the film as was i i laughed out loud to the jokes quirky references and stunning performances you could pick this film to pieces and i would still give it 10 marmalade sandwiches out of 10 every time <laughs> i don't think we're gonna pick it to pieces uh, i think we've done uh, we've done all right we've, we've done, done all right with it yeah um hey 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 mr postman that's russell hey, the postie russell. says in my house we watch this at least once a month russell do you have like, do you only have four films in your house buddy or what's the deal there that's nice watch kids yeah Die Hard. Uh, it's, one, <laughs> it's one of the most charming, hilarious, and inventively directed family films ever made. The performances are all excellent, and Ben Wishaw was a perfect choice for Paddington's voice. The sequel is even better, in my opinion. Uh, Juline says, haven't seen this one yet. Should be good. Can't wait to listen to what you guys have to say. Uh, and then Russell had chipped in to Debbie saying he hopes she gets to see it because he thinks it's amazing. Oh, nice. So that was... And he's our first person to get a sticker. That, 
He's our first person to be sticker worthy. You have yeah. to get a hold of me, Russell, with some sort of a, an address. We'll send you a sticker. Yeah. Do what you want with it. So, <laughs> uh, just before, as we take a moment and prepare our brains with the rating we're going to give it, I'm just going to throw on a quick uh, promo for another podcast as we take a moment. Go for that it. way, everybody can know what their number's going to be at that point. So, here we go. You got five seconds to tell me where you buried the loot. Oh, man. It, it's great. They got. Film reviews, recommendations, special guest games. Where's the loot? Hey, come, come down, come down. It's there on Spotify and Google Podcast. I mean, it's easy. Thieves Monthly Movie Loot. Check it out. And you should check out Thieves Monthly Movie Loot. That is good. It is good. It's I good. like that. Great production values. It is. That may be smart. I just live on that one. Dun, dun, dun. I just do that. That's, <laughs> yeah. all, that's all we do dun, here. Dun. Yeah, I'm just like, just turn on a mic. We'll do one take and we'll try it. <laughs> so, um, on that note, where have we rated? Where have we rated Paddington? Uh, let's start off with Liam. Do you know what? I really enjoyed this movie. And it really did entertain me on so many levels. So I'm going to give it, like Debbie said, <laughs> nine marmalade sandwiches. Wow. I really enjoyed it. I'm sorry, I did. No, no, you're allowed to really enjoy it. Um, I toyed with eight and a half, and I thought, no, it deserves wow. a nine. I'm just, I'm just looking over your, 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 your body of work here, Liam. Okay. And I'm going, where, where's some of the good stuff here? Rocky... <laughs> Eight and a half, Paddington nine. Yeah. I'm just saying. I know. This is just what you, Iron Man eight and a half, Braveheart eight. Um, I'm just, that's, that's, that's okay. I mean, you know, Days of Thunder eight and a half. I think you gave Back to the Future eight and a half. Yeah. And Paddington a nine. It just, it, I, I honestly, I just really that's like fine. it. That's fine. If I, you're still sitting here going, I still stand behind it, that's 100% cool by me. I toy. I, I'd be honest. I kept thinking eight and a half for a long, 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 long while, and then I went. Do you know what? No. Apart from Nicole Kidman, I can't grumble about this movie. Okay. So it's a nine from me. Ellie. That makes me feel much better, Liam. Um, it's a beautiful film, and it makes me cry. It makes me laugh out loud so so much. And again, apart from Nicole Kidman, and I, I really struggled to come up with a grumble. And I love Nicole Kidman. And it's not that I hated her completely in this film, just a little Neither. bit of a complaint. Um, I toyed with a 10, um, but I knew I'd get shouted at. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Oh. I love this film. <laughs> if only you could see him squirm right now. <laughs> and you know what? Nine and a half is less than the critics gave it. No, no, that's not true. That's not true. Ninety-seven percent is the is the Rotten Tomatoes. It just means the number of people who gave it a favorable score, not that they rated it a ten out of ten. Mm. It's not a nine point seven out of ten. It's ninety-seven percent of critics thought it was a good movie. That's not the same thing. Yeah. If well, it is. If ninety-seven percent of critics give it a six out of ten, that's still a positive review. Now, it doesn't make it a nine point seven. It makes it a six. That's my only caveat to this. All right, Georgia. She's gone quiet. Georgia, are you on mute? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> I'm looking at an Excel spreadsheet, so I can't help. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Um, yeah, no, I feel quite all right because I'm going to give this uh, eight and a half flooded bathrooms out of ten. Um, just because it is, it's really, really lovely. Um, 
and it's not it's not a perfect film um by any stretch of the imagination but there is some really lovely elements to it like i said the the doll's house bit the lost and found lights yeah, all so of those good. visual bits that just add on top of an already really lovely film um just make it make it quite special and i really like it so i'm giving it eight and a half okay yeah. um i'm gonna I'm going to be, it's not very, it's almost unheard of that I am the grouch of, yeah. of the four of us. I think you guys respectfully are all way high. <laughs> I think this is a kid's movie. I think the story is the story of a kid's movie. It's a well done kid's movie. It's a kid's movie. It's predictable. The villain. Oh, yeah. It's I, 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 at no point felt Paddington was any, any real danger. No. Um, and I, and I, I did. Oh, my goodness. Okay. She was going to kill fine. that monkey. It's not the monkey. No. I, I didn't say I don't feel worried for anybody. I felt worried for the monkey. Yeah. I didn't feel worried mm-hmm. for Paddington. It, it felt. Very, oh, I did though because I felt worried for the monkey. <laughs> if I may, I, I didn't feel any da- any concern for Paddington at any point really during the movie. I felt that we went to the silliness, sight gag, CGI thing one too many, well, two too many times. Uh, and I felt that, yeah, there's some lovely, nice little sight gags, but it doesn't change what in many ways. It's just a very ordinary story. The story of this is not is not anything special. The story would be much more interesting if you take Nicole Kimmon out of it and find some other thing they have to overcome. That's yeah. not some stupid, we need to save him from getting kidnapped and put into a museum. Yeah. Give me something real like, you know, we're going to send him away. Or here come the people to send him back to Peru. Or they're going to put him in a zoo. Yeah. All these things are much are stories I can get behind that it gave you the same endpoint without this stupid send them up. We're going to put them at taxidermist thing because she's this evil person who's obsessed with coming down on tripwire. Like, the story's not good, so I'm giving it a seven and a half out of ten. Do you know what? Because I did predict a lot of the movie. Yep, and I did, didn't I? You did. Even halfway through, though, I predicted the end and how things were going to be with the pigeons. I'm going to drop it to an eight and a half. You don't have to. I'm no, not saying there's no I really mind. enjoyed this movie, but I'm going to drop it an eight and a half only because I did predict a lot of it. But I did really enjoy this movie. Okay. So I am going to drop it to eight and a half because I did predict it. If I can, I'm just going to sit here and go. I'm looking at my own list, just like everybody else's. And I'm going, Wally. Was Wally a better film than this? Yes. Without question, I felt No. Wally. Okay. That's fine. I felt Groundhog Day was a better film than this. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, I felt Angel with Dirty Face is a better film than this. Which I gave eight and a half. I gave an eight to Babe. I think this, I think Babe's a better movie than this. I like this better than Babe. Okay, no, that's okay. But I said Catch Me If You Can. I gave an eight to Catching If You Can is oh, a better film than this. So I'm sitting here looking at my list, going, you know, you could maybe talk me maybe into it, but I, I just don't think I felt it was this lovely. You gotta go with what you feel and yeah. how you feel at the time. This, this, this lovely character who I've seen, but at no point do I think the story is 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 well told. That's all. And so I'm not meaning to upset anybody or... No, no, you are right. Pointing stuff out, we are looking for the best film ever. Yeah. And you are right. We've gone with other things that I've looked at and what I've seen. And I did predict a lot of this movie, so... And I respectfully go, I don't know people who are frustrated here. I originally had, for a long while, eight and a half in my Can you imagine the people who are frustrated here right now at my seven and a half... Yeah, and we've come at you with Rocky and Train Spotting, and heard threes and twos. Yeah, do, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That is, yeah, and now yeah. imagine that because that's how we felt in those some situations. Now I have no point saying this is a bad movie. It's not. It's not no, my. No, it's no, not no. the type of movie that I'm necessarily designed to like. But I saw a lot of positives in this film. I would definitely watch this. But again. when comparing it to the to to the have it, and a kids film can win. This is just. I hear Paddington Two is better. I, I, I'm totally open with the idea that Paddington Two could be the best film ever. I really, really am. But the story in this wasn't 
was nothing more than average. Executed well, the story was nothing more than average, and the villain sucks. Yeah, but I just love this visually. Visually, that's so yeah. good. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'm a visual guy, aren't I? Yeah. So I'm, I'm very, you're very story, and I'm very visual. I'm very so, story. So there we are. You know, yeah. So that is what we gave it. Who do you agree with out there? I'm sure I'm going to get some people going, Ian, you're wrong on this one. And that's well, no, cool. And that's to be cool. fair, the best thing about our podcast is we are so very different. Yep. And I like that we're very different. We're not all the same. And people out there listening to us are going to be very different. I'm going to really love it. Some people agree with you. Yep. Some people agree with Ellie. You know, and that's what, that's what the podcast is about. It's yep. about finding the best film. Absolutely it is. So. So. Uh, now we've got to worry about what we're doing next week. I'm excited for this. Next week is, uh, Georgia, you and I probably are more aware of us than the other ones. When this next episode launches, it will be WrestleMania week. Yes. Ooh. It'll be WrestleMania week. So I went with, I talk about wrestling so much and I've got to fill out my third part of the bracket. I've, I've done found a Game of Thrones one yet, but you are wearing a Game of Thrones. T-shirt, oh, I'm wearing a Game of Thrones t-shirt. You so are. That counts. There's my fault. <laughs> um, and so this is it. And so we went, what? There's a few wrestling based films, documentaries, things of that nature that would qualify. And so I went ahead and said, what kind of movie do we necessarily want? And I wasn't necessarily thinking we needed something gritty just yet. We Ooh. live in Norfolk. <laughs> Are we doing? We are WWE wrestler from Norwich. Oh, I'm so excited! So we are doing. Have you seen this? Yeah, I've not seen it. I've not seen it. Me either. So we are doing fighting with my family, which I believe was written. Is it written by Stephen Merchant? I think it is. Yeah, he's involved heavily in some capacity. I think he wrote it. So The Rock produced it. Yeah, but I think Stephen Merchant wrote it. It stars Vince Vaughn. It stars. It stars the woman from Game of Thrones. Oh, does it? It stars, what's her name? Uh, Lena um, Headley? Yeah, L- Lena Headley's in it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love so her. So there's the Game of Thrones. There's my force. There we are. Woo! <laughs> so we're doing that one next week to celebrate WrestleMania week. So uh, cool. really interesting was that everybody were talking today in the Twitter about what are all these wrestling gifts doing? And I wasn't planning this. It wasn't something. It no. just sort of popped up. Me and Dan Mackles were doing some, some old school wrestling stuff. Cool. And Lestat was like, what's with this wrestling stuff? Like, we'll have to do something to fix you guys up. This is what we're kind of doing. Here's the story of someone who's very close to where we live. Uh, yeah, local girl. Who ended up making it Who big well. in, in yeah, wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the oh, story I saw the documentary of, of this. Did you? Yeah, they did a documentary. Her and her brother um, was trying out. Because she makes it, he doesn't. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, so, I remember seeing the documentary and I thought, wow, that would make a great movie. But it stars Lena Headley. It stars Nick Frost. Is Nick Frost yeah, the big Nick one? Frost, Nick yeah. Frost, the big one, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but two, the two of them, Vince Vaughn's in it. So, what as Vince Vaughn? No, he's no, he's. he's no, I mean, um, oh, I was thinking, what's his not name? Vince McMahon. No, 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 Vince yeah, Vaughn's yeah. in it, and so it should be really quite good. So I am looking forward to that. Did they film Georgia? You've seen it. Did they film any in Norwich? I don't know. <laughs> my my face blindness ex- extends to look to places. Place, <laughs> place blindness. Place you'll, blindness. You'll have and to mark blindness. You'll have to tell us if any of it's. Oh knowledge. yeah, because I, I, I love local realize. stuff. Yeah. So uh, that is that. Uh, please just remember, we got Falcon and the Weekly Soldier episode two dropped yesterday. But look forward to that every Monday until it's over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, six weeks, isn't it? We've got six the episodes? six episodes total. Yeah, we've got the watch along happening. Yeah, um, I've got plans. We'll hope, <laughs> hopefully, everybody can stick around on the call for a couple minutes after we get off the air because I, I've got some things to sort of discuss about that. And then Aladdin 
in the 2019 remake of Aladdin on Talking the Mickey. And even just today, we were shooting about an idea for something to happen in the summer. Another another thing I had an idea for. Mm. Some people seem to be quite excited about. So I'm looking forward to that myself. So we got lots of good stuff out there. Please continue to check out the pod. Please follow us on the socials. We have Instagram. We have Facebook. And we have the Twitter. Twitter. All best film ever pod. So please join us next week when we do the page WWE story fighting with my family. I'm excited for that. WrestleMania. <laughs> for best film ever, I've been you. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. And I've been Georgia. And remember, a wise bear once said, always keep a marmalade sandwich inside your hat. We'll see you next time. Catch you later, folks. Catch you on the flippity flop. The flippity flip flop. <laughs> <laughs>